Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, November 21st, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Bob Ryer. Ciao. And Rob Newmeyer. Good evening. Rob, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me again. Well, of course, of course, of course. Is a horse or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so another week, another podcast. But before we get into comic book talk, Steve, you and I got yes, a Wii U. We did. Tell me what you think about it. Go. My, my. Now, are you hearkening back to the show? What are you talking about? The, forget it. We oh. were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the Wii U. Yes. Um, I have only had it for a short time, mm-hmm. but I am having a lot of fun with it. Um, there were a couple people that were apprehensive mm-hmm. about the system. Okay. I might have been a little bit, just because I really, for the longest time, I didn't understand what it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but now that I have one, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun to play with uh, another person. Yeah. Which is my favorite part. Um, I spent the better part of like a day and a half playing Super Mario Brothers which is fantastic. Um, and then my friend came over last night, and we tried Nintendo Land and all the mini games and stuff. I was I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and it reminded me of, like, I guess the first time that you get anything, something like the Kinect, or, um, I don't know, even when I got the PlayStation Move, which turned out to be total crap. Uh, <laughs> but that first night was, you know, amazing. Right. But um, I like the way that the gamepad controller works in conjunction with the other controllers. I like that they integrated the systems to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Luigi's Mansion game and the Pikmin Adventure are both just fantastic. Yeah. And uh, some of the games on there had me like, I want, I want like a new balloon fight. Mm-hmm. I really want to play an updated version of Balloon Fight. It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I am now, I'm so sad that Pikmin 3 didn't come out uh, on launch because I just, I'm dying for that game. Yeah. Um, First impressions for me, I didn't, haven't got a ton of time with it either yet. Um, I think the controller is great. I I think that, yeah, it's not an HD screen and it's not um, a multi-touch screen, but there has never been a moment while I've been playing it that I wished it was multi-touch. There's never been a moment where I wish it looked better. In fact, when you're playing the game on the pad, it looks fantastic to yeah. me. You know, um, it's a funny story about me getting it. I had reserved it way back when the pre-orders had come out. Same thing as you with the day to come out. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know out there, but I, you know, I was having some work trouble, some money trouble, and I decided I wasn't going to get it. Uh, 
And I was trying to figure out a way. I was trying to sell my pre-order to somebody I knew. So somebody who had kids could get it or something, you know. And I just kind of kept sleeping on it and just kind of kept trying to see if work would work out so I could, you know, get it. And uh, the night before, I was like, okay, you got to figure out what you're going to do. You should probably sell it. But so you can at least buy it and then sell it. Try to put enough trade-ins together so you can at least afford to lay down money and then you can sell it. So I started taking games off the shelves and... Games that before I had been you know, about trading in, like Marvel vs. Capcom 3, yeah. like, I haven't played that game in a year and a half, at least, you know? There's no reason to have it. Nobody ever wants to play it when they come over, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I was like, just trade this in. I did that with, like, a lot of things, you know? And I also, I found this old iPod Nano that I had that I don't use anymore. Trade that in as well. Um, and I sold my old, my old iPhone um, separately. Uh. So all told, I went to the counter expecting, I expected like $120 in trade and stuff. That's including the iPod. Now I got an extra 30% because I put it towards the Wii U at GameStop. They totaled up and it comes with a little credit card machine and it said $230 of trade and stuff. Nice. Yeah. I'd already laid down $40 of the pre-order like way back and plus the money I got from my phone, I walked out of... Uh, GameStop making $25. Nicely done. That's from, awesome. Yeah, from buying the Wii U. So, like, I kept the Wii U and I'm enjoying it so far. I got to play a little bit with somebody last night and it was a blast. You know, a lot of the games, there's something going on on the pad and you're one person looking at the pad, the other person's looking at the TV. And, but on the TV, they show you the video feed from the built-in camera of the Wii U tablet. And it's really funny to see people's expressions, especially if it's a game where you're chasing them. Yeah. When you're going to catch them, their face expressions are, are hilarious. Um, I'm liking it so far. I just got Mario today, so I haven't got a chance to break that open yet, it's but I'm going to do that later. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. You know, I'm happy that I get to play my Nintendo games in HD uh, on a big-ass TV, so quite psyched about that. Um, I've also been playing Halo 4, which Steve doesn't care about, but Rob got it. Well, is it good? <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm having the time of my life with it again and it's just like almost like when you first got Halo for the yeah. first system mm-hmm. it just it reinvigorates the, the series to me yeah I totally agree with you absolutely um, I know Steve you're a very anti-Halo guy look let me let me set the record straight here <laughs> alright oh, I boy. played the first one mm-hmm. I beat the first one okay I liked the first one mm-hmm. I played the second one I beat the second one and in the second one with the multiplayer is where I have the problem. A lot of people play Halo for multiplayer. It's true. Absolutely. All I ran into were what I call jumpers. Okay. <laughs> people that they, they run mm-hmm. side to side and they jump, they leap, and they shoot. So they, it's like this little floating through the air. There's like six of them at a time. Wee, wee, <laughs> shooting at me. And it was just... I have a lot of like weird personality tics that bothered me. It bothered me to a great deal. Um, I don't like the weapons. Okay. I, I don't like laser guns. Well, there's, I, I mean, you don't have to use a laser gun. I know. There's I a lot of regular guns. I liked the, um, Maybe that laser what was cats. it? The, um, the, yeah. the plasma swords. Yeah. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. They're, they are quite awesome. Those are really cool. Um, yeah. no, I mean, I'd be willing to play it. I just, there are so many games out mm-hmm. right now that like, it's like that, three or four month dump at the end of the year true, where yeah. everything's coming out mm-hmm. 
And it's just these games are sixty five dollars a pop now. Mm. Where like Ooh. you've got, to, I've already splurged and gotten too many of them, and there's still more that I want to get. Yeah, no, I know. Um, if somebody wants to let me borrow it when they're done, <laughs> I will be glad to check it out. <laughs> No problem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there we go. This is a huge online online one for me. I've I've been playing a lot online, and uh, they kind of took the Call of Duty attitude, experience points, opening up new weapons, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a welcome change to to their old model, uh, and it just like I said, it, it breathes fresh air into it. So you're not playing Ask Creed Three anymore? No, I I am still. I'm okay. poking around. It's I'm, ass- I'm assuming much. that's Assassin's Creed. It is. Not, yes. not some Sorry. new game called Ass Creed. Yes, it's Ass Creed. I forgot <laughs> we were recording for a second. My <laughs> Ass Creed. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. I, first of all, it looks beautiful. It looks uh, two times as good as any Halo game that's come before it. And I, it's the only game I play multiplayer in. The only one. Uh, and I love it. And I just, it just sucks me in because it's the game that it becomes the game that I can play forever. So you bought it too. Oh yeah! Oh oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Yeah yeah! I cashed in my change for that one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you gotta find ways to put it together when you're, you're low on the money. Well, after I get, I want to get Ninja Gaiden three for mm-hmm. the Wii U. After that, maybe, or I'll just wait for Rob to let me borrow it. The last thing I need to do is spend another sixty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's just wait till you borrow it. It's, All right. All right. Sounds good. So that's enough about video games. Let's move into comics. Yay. Um, so we got Marvel Now stuff to talk about. A lot mm-hmm. of Marvel Now stuff. This was a huge week. But um, does anybody anything else they want to talk about that's not Marvel Now as far as books of the week or comics? We'll get that out of the way first, and then we'll get into a big Marvel Now discussion. Oh. Well, I mean, there's Batman. Well, yeah, but we talk about Batman all the time. <laughs> Batman's fantastic. It was probably my favorite book of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. But I can't. It's you know, 14 months in a row. Every week, Batman comes out. It's my book of the week. It's kind of tough to, or 15 <laughs> months, I guess, because there was the annual as well. But that actually was the one that probably wouldn't have made book of the week for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So 14. Uh, but it's great, you know, and it's sick and it's twisted and it's dark and um, he. Re- I wrote in my review that he's really kind of taken Batman's soul. You know, he's really you know waging a war uh, mm-hmm. on that part of him. Um, you know, Bob, you, you know, you're constantly talking about how you don't like dark things, and I just want, so I want to get your opinion on this. I enjoyed the owls things a lot more. Okay. It's, I like realistic. I don't necessarily like real. Mm-hmm. This is a little too much into res- Reservoir Dogs saw territory. Gotcha, and yeah. In Batgirl, too, it's very good, but very grim. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the, su- yeah. the supporting cast is taking a beating. <laughs> they are taking <laughs> a beating. Across the books here without giving anything away. Yeah. Um, we'll see how it plays out moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's a little dark for my taste. It's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. Uh, Steve, what do you think of it? I, uh, I, I got it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I am. Um, Suicide Squad was decent. Oh yeah. Um, did you read that? No, I didn't read Suicide Squad. No. It was good. It was. It was. Um. Well, the death and the family portion of it was good. I still mm-hmm. don't give a crap about anything else that's going on. Gotcha. Uh, in the book, <laughs> otherwise. Um. I've just I've been away from it for for mm-hmm. too long, um, but that was that was decent. Uh, Batgirl was very grim. Um, I'm curious as to what exactly his plans are for Barbara and those you know around her. It's, right. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm starting to question the whole thing. Like, I'm wondering if him, the whole face removal thing, I'm wondering if there's any possibility whatsoever that he's been around, like, the whole time, because that's what he said. Yeah. That I'm wondering if maybe he's somebody that we already know, because it keeps on turning out to not be, like, it's Joker imposters almost, like right. he's pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there's any chance in hell that he's been someone all along and we didn't know it. Like the face, his different face, you mean? Yeah, like maybe, I mean, he wears the one that he wears, like kind of leather face style with the buckles and stuff. But who's to say that if you didn't stretch the face over, that he couldn't have become other characters Mm -hmm. and we didn't know it. Right. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. But I think it's cool that I was even able to to get there yeah, with the story yeah, because of the totally. mystery that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying the event, um, and I just I I can't wait to see what happens because I don't the way that they keep like that Scott um, Snyder and Greg Capullo keep going back and forth about on Twitter and even Gail Simone like there's some major major stuff mm-hmm. coming at the end of this. And it is very dark. It yeah. is. It's brutal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm wondering if they're really going to change the game by perhaps killing off, you know, one if not more of significant characters, or at least like incapacitating them to some degree. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, that could absolutely happen. What I like about it a lot, though, is I, I feel like he's almost setting it up where if somebody dies, I will obviously change things a lot. But I think the way that the Joker is going at Batman is going to change things just in itself. You know, so I, I like that about it. I like that. I feel like it's not relying on the fact that Joker might kill someone, though he's probably going to have to, considering the title of the event that we're mm-hmm. currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also think I think the backups are great. Uh, yeah, those have been nice. Yeah, the backup of the Penguin in this issue <laughs> was really, really good. Uh, I like the Joker going after the villains as well and not just Batman. Um, well, Rob, what did you think of it since you uh, brought it up? Uh, yeah, just like everyone said, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, it's a little dark, but I'll give him a pass because he's done his homework. And mm-hmm. I love it when creators sit there and go over the absolute history of the character. And, you know, he's basically replaying all of his old crimes updated, I guess you could say. So to even go back and look at those old panels, how that happened and then how it's modernized. I I think it's really cool. Interesting. Remember the title of the event was death of the family. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean someone has to die. The whole idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. Metaphorical death of the family, Mm -hmm. like the family kind of breaking up. Could be the yeah, could be the end. They can't be trust all. each other or or Batman anymore. Yeah. Well, mm. it, if it's the Bat family, you don't know which family. I think he's talking about the Bat family. Mm. He mentions it's it by name in, the, in, family, in that issue. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in his Bond villain speech at the end of the at the end of the book on the on the bridge. Uh, a book I want to mention too that I think it came out two weeks ago. I don't think it came out last week. Was the before Watchmen number one, the Moloch. Uh, book that came out two weeks ago. We didn't mention it. It's only before watching book we haven't actually mentioned. I will say I read it. It's uh, Straczynski and Risso. Is that r- yes. right? Uh, I thought it was really good. Did you get a chance to read it, Rob? Yeah. Uh, very interesting person to kind of flesh out. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's, I again, mean, it, dark it, and twisted. Yeah, but, definitely dark and twisted. But it, it feels like me, if you're going to do a character, this is the kind of character you should do because there's no background for mm-hmm. Moloch. He was just, you know, the guy who was kind of helping the, you know, Ozymandias, uh, Osmandius. Osmandias. <laughs> the way I say his name. Uh, Osmandius out uh, on his whole plot, but not, you know, you don't really know much about him. And here, awesome. you know, they do fall back on the he wasn't always a bad guy, like some bad stuff happened to him when he was a kid type of thing. But despite that, his speech about why he does what he does, I think was pretty chilling. Uh, and it's only a two-parter, so I definitely recommend at least checking that one out. Um, that seems to have ground to a halt. Are they late on? They're late, months? and the break is absolutely killing them. I mean, I've had the same person walk in week after week looking for a Watchmen book. Yeah, we have and. Uh, and I just feel like he's not going to come back because they haven't been coming yeah. out. So it's like, you know, he he might figure that it's a, a point to jump off. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Where's know. the last Silk Spectre? Like, what? that should have been over already. Yeah. Everything should have been over, it seems like. there There hasn't been a regular issue that has shipped in a month. It, it's um, crazy. Rorschach, I think, was the last one. Yeah, that was a month ago. Oh, yeah, oh the was, eggs and bacon cover? Mm. Yes, yep. the eggs and bacon cover. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with so much lead time, it's inexcusable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you'd think with, with an event like this that they would have that machine, you know, well oiled yeah. and ready to go. I don't know what happened. Unless they're making <laughs> the creative changes to the books, but that's probably not it, right? No, I I just think people probably fell behind, hmm. and yeah, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting. Too much else going on. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> any other books we want to talk about that's not Marvel now before we jump in? Uh, well, uh, obviously, Saga was awesome, but oh yeah, yeah. I didn't get to read it yet. Ooh. Oh no, <laughs> I know. I tried to fit it in before okay. I left for here, but it didn't happen. Okay. I was too busy reading your Spider Man. Yes. Yes. Catch up. I'll talk about that for a second. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Spider Man. There you mm. go. <laughs> Spider Man. No, it's awesome. Um, I haven't. I started with the Alpha arc. I finally got to read that, and uh, I got to agree. I mean, it, it set a couple things up, but overall, it kind of felt like a little bit of a bump in the road. Yeah. Coming off of uh, yeah, totally the last agree. arc, moving into this one, it just it seems like the end is coming up so suddenly like i wonder i mean i know dan slot had said that this was the plan for a while but it just it feels I, i'm enjoying it but it still feels really abrupt that the fact that 700 is coming out and then that's it and then superior spider-man comes out after that it just see i don't know it's weird what do you think it, it's all part of the master story it's it's not like 700 comes out and then it ends and then right you know, it's a, a new thing. Um, I mean, if anyone is not reading Spider-Man, 698 is going to be the point to jump on. So 698 to 700, then Superior, you you won't lose a thing. So you think that it's it's all leading up to Superior, like everything that happens at the end of Amazing is going to lead into Superior? Everything since issue 600 has been leading up to Superior. Shit. Yes. <laughs> All right, then. I've got some reading to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the Alpha storyline very much, but I've enjoyed the Hobgoblin, a uh, little mini Hobgoblin arc they did. More for the stuff happening with Peter um, with uh, 
the spider sense sensors going off where he couldn't function and yeah, stuff that's like where that. I'm at. Yeah. yeah, that that stuff I thought was very cool. I don't I can take or leave the hobgoblin, but um that story I thought was cool. The Peter stuff has remained very good. Um even if I feel a little bit like I'm not very invested in the the villain stories but much like what Steve was saying, with such a big thing coming, even though, even though it's not the end, it marks a big change in the book. And with that coming, it doesn't feel like we're in the middle of a huge arc. You know, it, it feels mm-hmm. like we're doing several little, you know, like things. I, I'm sure it's 698 is going to start something towards the end, but um, it has felt a little bit weird to not have this big lead up to the end, you know? Um, but- I've been enjoying um, all the different versions of aunt may like over the <laughs> the past several arcs just seeing the way she's drawn differently from person to person mm-hmm. it's hysterical <laughs> there's one way she looks like she like had no teeth it was just, <laughs> oh, yeah. too funny yeah so i've been enjoying that um little, it's a little things <laughs> <laughs> and you know there's some confusing you know sort of dc new 52 when does action comics like timeline stuff taking place now with marvel because Spider-Man is in the Ultron book coming out, the three-part event, uh, the Age of Ultron, uh, Bendis and Hitch, right? And Stan Slott said, yes, that's Peter. He's like, but this takes, that takes place before Superior Spider-Man. It takes place before 700. Uh, as, as does the first arc of Jonathan Hickman's Avengers. It takes place before 700, Spider-Man 700. So that's interesting. <laughs> It seems like if they've been planning it out for a long time, that was something they could have sunk up. Yeah, no, I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Not uh, so much the Ultron thing, because apparently he's been working that story forever. That that's almost been done for, for right. quite a while. Uh, um, I mean, Brian Hitch has had all his stuff drawn since you know probably for the last four months. Mm-hmm. So, but the you, you think with the Hickman Avengers stuff, they want to kind of get their timelines in a good mm-hmm. uh good place it y- yeah it i don't want to say i don't know right it's kind of though <laughs> i guess the first hickman avengers book is going to be out before asm 700 so i guess in that way it works out because december right is the first avengers book uh i thought it was january i thought new avengers in january okay avengers in december that's so what I it's thought, mid anyway. december yeah. last week of december is 700 yeah and so then, maybe that's why then, maybe because it's actually starting beforehand. Yeah. Um, uh, have we gotten to the end of the other Avengers yet, or is that still a couple issues? One, one more of each. Okay. Yep. All right. Are you disliking it just as much now as you have been, Bob? Yeah. I, I just can't wait for another big line-wide Ultron event. <laughs> more death and destruction. and. Well, it's, it's just a three-issue thing right of ultron yeah no i thought it was like 10 oh i, yeah. I mean on the, in the three in the first month the press release i got only had three issues listed that's why i it's, thought it was only three, three in march gotcha yeah no okay. it's it's 10 because they're saying halfway through it takes a big artistic switch okay mm-hmm. so yeah gotcha mm-hmm. thanks for clearing that up for me rob no Ugh. problem uh so let's move on then to marvel now mm-hmm. stuff is that what we want to talk about all right so bob let's go to you first Okay, Give first the we're talking here. Avengers. Avengers Assemble, okay. which is Kelly Sue DeConnick and Stefano Caselli. <laughs> Did that pretty well, I think. Yes. Um, uh, there's been a lot of talk that what they wanted was a, a more cinematic feel to the Marvel now. And in a lot of the books, what it's been is change of clothes, make the outfit look like the movies. This has the tone 
of the Avengers movie, mm-hmm. which is Silver Age, Bronze Age, Marvel. It's fun in a in a in a way that does take a turn to action. There's some chatting and funny stuff and the Hulk making a sandwich, which we didn't say much else about. <laughs> Lots of heroes making sandwiches were just, these yeah. days. And making juice from kale. Right. Which is pretty <laughs> nasty. Uh, but just, it's really charming. We, we get a little competition among the heroes. Team, was it Team Happy and Team Sad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't say who's on which team. And they go on a mission to rescue some scientists from the Antarctic. And things go very badly. Giant monsters and, uh-oh, this isn't funny. Right. Very nicely done. I can't wait to see where number 10 is going to go with this. We get lots of Spider-Woman, which is good. Yes, don't I've see, missed her. Don't see enough of her, so she, she's back. And this is just very, very well done. I can't wait for more. I, I'd given this up. I may have to fill in the gaps again. Uh, but other than that, it's Fantastic Four number one. Uh, so not, uh, not an ex- um, I did walk into this. Uh, I wrote it on my review. I was talking up this up a lot i still had some misgivings going in you never know you never know how it's all going to play out this just starts on a high level you're going right to the beginning you know cosmic rays and people in a spaceship but there is there there's an addition in this scene here and that you didn't see franklin 50 odd years ago this one year from now i think you're going to see playing spoiler you're going to see this scene again mm-hmm. okay as as a fix. Okay. 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 All right. Well, I don't want he's to keep... meaning it as it's a plot point, like you know, it's a foreshadowing moment. Yeah. Right. No, I yeah. understand. Yeah. I just I just took a while to get there. <laughs> okay. Um, you, it bounces all over the place. You're, you're there are dinosaurs. You're in the future. You're you're back for breakfast, and they're having breakfast eventually on the upturned old fantastic car bathtub version. With with Dragon Man worrying about muffins and uh, that cracked me up. <laughs> my muffins. Line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are tons of little things. All those little lines from all these characters. He has everything right. Everyone gets a moment. Everyone shines. Um, that Sue Storm is walking around saying good night to bits of the Baxter Building. <laughs> That's what a mom would do. She's read that book way too many damn times. <laughs> At least she isn't saying you know go the f to sleep. She hasn't read that book yet. <laughs> Uh, but she probably should. Um, but the line I think that sells, I don't want to give too much of this way. People should read this and enjoy it for themselves. But less action, more adventure. We are really here. It, it's going to be about this family and a road trip and a mystery to solve. Can't wait to see where this goes. Everybody else? I Well, my, my favorite thing, I don't think this is giving anything away, but... Um, I like that Like since the switch, we had Fantastic Four and we had Future Foundations. We've lost, we've lost Future Foundation yes. the way it was. Mm-hmm. So basically what they did with Fantastic Four number one or what Matt Fraction had done was he let you know that they were going to take elements from both FF and Fantastic Four and kind of combine them into this book. But you weren't going to lose FF because while... You know, the Richards family, they're all off doing what they're going to do and the mystery and the adventure and all of that stuff. They need to leave a Fantastic Four behind. Mm-hmm. And that's that gives purpose to the new book. And I just love the way that they they set you up for that. And they they're already like in the first mm-hmm. issue, they're already sending you over to FF. They're like, if you want to see what happens, 
make sure you check out FF when it hits stands, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was cool that they were going to let, they were like, they're letting you know that this is still a, a conjoined effort. And we had, so we had two books, whereas now it feels almost to me like we have three because mm. all of the elements from the old FF are now in Fantastic Four. And then FF, the new one is going to pave, you know, a whole new road to add to this team. And it just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think Allred's doing the art for FF. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to, there's no better time to, I mean, the old stuff is fantastic. Ha ha. <laughs> and um, that's how I got into it. But if people were going to ask me now, like, you know, oh, when should I start reading Fantastic Four? Jump on it now. Mm-hmm. You know, get FF, get Fantastic Four and get involved in it because it's fucking awesome. It's like it's so epic and there's there's so much uh, like values to it, I guess. The lessons that are learned in, in, in the books or the things that are, are talked about are things that happen in your own family and stuff. And it's not something that you have to really imagine too hard but you're still in space. It's still all these cosmic events and stuff, but because it's a family and everybody, you know, does or does not have family or whatever, you've at least had one at some point, you can relate to them probably a little bit more than other heroes because other heroes are just people with powers that we have no idea what it's like to have those powers. Right. Now, somebody online complained, well, Reed is being his usual distracted self or whatever. Yeah, and he's into his solving his mystery, which requires a lot of read stuff. I'd be a little distracted if I was falling apart. Yeah, but he there's a, a scene where he comes back in and apologizes to Sue for leaving the dinner table in a hurry. Yeah. That's cool stuff. That is not just a superhero book anymore. You're into a different level of storytelling here. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. I, I will say this, just in one aspect of it, as a number one book... I think that it leaves a little bit to be desired for someone who is not fully immersed in the Fantastic Four universe right now. Now, you know, I read six. I read most of the Fantastic Four run from 600 to the end. I fell off the last couple issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a pretty good grasp on what was going on. But I still felt a little bit like, okay, I'm still a little bit on the outside looking in of what's happening here. Could you pick it up as number one and go through it? Yeah, absolutely. You can do that. But I felt a little bit like still like, who's Franklin? Who's Valeria? Like, who are these other people that aren't as famous to other pe- uh, the outside public as, you know, the, the four main mm-hmm. protagonists of the book? Um, and, and not that it has to get itself bogged down with a ton of exposition, but I felt like there could have been clever a couple of clever ways just to bring us in a little bit more about what is all going on you, you know what I mean uh, that being said I, I think that it's a delightful book you, you know it, it's well written it looks great and I, I, I still am going to keep buying Fantastic Four it's just you know thinking of it as this Marvel Now sort of initiative and which is not meant to get rid of continuity but is meant to be welcoming to people to pick up the books who maybe haven't before uh I feel like it fails a little bit in that respect. Are any of their books going to be that, though? I mean, because you, you can't pick up the the Avengers books without having read forty seven issues of AVX either. Well, I mean, I don't. I have no idea what Hickman's Avengers number one is going mm-hmm. to read like. You know, we don't know that yet. Uh, I will say this, and I don't want to skip. I, I want Rob to be able to talk about Fantastic Four before we go to the next book mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about. But Rob, tell us what you thought of Fantastic Four. Uh. I mean, just like everyone else said, I absolutely loved it. 
Mark Bagley's art is awesome. Just his facial expressions, mm-hmm. and you could just see the the turmoil in in Sue's face when she's just faced with with the decision that she's going to have to make yeah. uh, based on a promise she made. Mm-hmm. Um, just love where the story is going. Uh, just like Steve said, I, I love how the FF aspects are now in the main Fantastic Four book, so it just makes the family even bigger. Um, all around, loved it. I will say this. I think that what's going on with Reed right now, uh, the kind of, you know, he has something wrong with him. I felt like that stuff worked very well. And I definitely felt an emotional connection to what was going on with him. And, I mean, there are base things that... I don't want to make it seem like if you haven't been reading it, you can't connect with anything here. Because there are base things that you can connect with, definitely. The stuff with, you know, a a son being terrified of something. You know, that's something that we've either you know we've we've experienced as people like when i was a kid i was terrified of things and they might seem irrational but i you know i wasn't an all-knowing superhero so it's a little different but you know there's definitely universal things in this book that make it great uh it's just that little shortcoming of the like it wasn't as welcoming as i thought it was going to be um i have two things go for it that um about it being about a non-welcoming book my my whole thing is like you a first issue for Fantastic Four for me, I it feels, and this is just a personal thing, mm-hmm. and I hear I kind of agree with you, mm-hmm. but I think Fantastic Four might be a little too big f- to get all of that in one issue. Um, perhaps maybe with the first issue set up, like you get it, maybe you don't get a good sense of who everybody is individually, like drag the moment with Dragon Man with the whole muffins yeah. thing. Like, you don't know that he's hilarious yet if this is your yeah. first book. Right now. You know? Or and that Bentley's complaining about dumplings. Right. Like you don't, you don't know really any of the other people's mm. role. Like, why are they there? Yeah. You don't know that stuff. But I've, as much as I've, I mean, I've been reading Fantastic Four since 600. Mm. I've read it at least twice. As much as I've read it and have understood it, there's always a part of me that feels like there are things that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sense of adventure that the book brings, I've always been willing to forgive that mm-hmm. and not really dwell on it too much. Yeah. Whereas with other books, I've been, I feel like either there's something wrong with me or maybe they're not explaining it well enough. Mm-hmm. In the case of Fantastic Four, it's, I've always just kind of gone with it. Right, yeah. And I think that after it has like another issue or two, I think people, you'll see a little bit more of an establishment between characters. Um, I think it's a good point, but I also think that that kind of stuff for as many, as big as the cast is, and then being a family that you want to instill that they're a family first and then get into their personalities mm-hmm. later. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even much a personality. It was almost the connections between the characters. Yeah. You know, because you see Franklin and I mean, I know who Franklin is, but if I was somebody who was reading Fantastic Four or FF, I'd be like, who is this kid? You know, okay, but a page in, it's he's cuddling up to his mother. So no, I know that. Kind of get that. Valeria makes sure she, her line is dad. Yeah, and I'm not so saying it's those that, little old fashioned. You you get it from there. I'm saying people. I'm not saying people don't read it. I'm actually mm-hmm. saying the opposite. I'm saying if you read this book and you feel like I'm still confused about things, there's enough there to keep reading it. Where I think you should keep going because it, it's just I think calling it a number one. If it was number six hundred. You know, or they didn't change the numbering and they said, oh, new writer, that's one thing, you know? And that's not Matt Fraction's fault that they're like, this is number one, come join in in our universe, mm-hmm. you know? But 
I, I feel like there are there could have been just a little bit more to help people kind of feel at ease, you know, with with, with the story before we kick into high gear with this big adventure that's going to happen, which I'm sure is going to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost a logistical thing more than a creative thing at that point. Yeah. You know, but such a large cast, it could have gotten very clunky in the exposition. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you need to do Dragon Man. I don't think you need to do all those people. Just I just need to. I, I feel like there's a little bit maybe to say what they're doing there. You know. Maybe a little bit more instead of telling you who all of them are. Because I thought Dragon Man... I've, I've read maybe one issue of FF. Mm-hmm. I thought Dragon Man w- was hilarious It just in that yeah. issue. You know, I didn't need... That was one of those things where I felt like it was good writing where I can you can tell who that character is on the surface from uh, like a line. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's great. <laughs> um, and I just... It was less that stuff than just the... What almost like the what is everybody doing here kind of situation not who is everybody but what is everybody doing here you know it's called the Fantastic Four but there are like you know 18 people in this in this place <laughs> you know and that's what that's the only thing that I, I meant by it. Uh, in the text they do mention the, the future foundation but yeah th- th- since you don't point out that those kids are that it really it's till the end he's when they're getting yeah. ready to go yeah and it's you know what it's comic books so in a month my, these criticisms could completely gone the next issue, I could be like, oh, he does that perfectly in this issue. So it's a, it's a muted criticism at this point, because um, the book is still great. Uh, Agree with us or die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, on to another one. Thor. Steve. Yay. Tell me about Thor. Thor, God of Thunder, number yeah. one. Awesome. <laughs> so good. Um, I am steadily becoming a very big fan of Jason Aaron. Um, yeah. I really, really enjoy his uh, Wolverine and the X-Men run. Um, I was enjoying... I didn't finish it, but I was reading uh, his Incredible Hulk run that he was doing, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of cool. But um, it's more about his tone that he has, his way of writing. It's very... um, It's a very inviting tone. Like, especially with the Wolverine stuff, like, sometimes humor is hard to do. Um, there are a couple of people writing right now that do it really, really well. Uh, Kelly Sue, for one. Uh, Gail Simone, another one. That People just, their humor comes across very easily. Uh, Jason Aaron, it was it's like, I didn't expect a funny book. I didn't know what to expect from this. And what I really, really enjoyed about this was that they, the first page, they paint Thor out to be like a pimp. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, you know, he... <laughs> Just save the village, and he's you know sleeping with the villagers, yeah. and they're pouring ale down his throat, grapes, and the whole bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, so like you know, it's nice to know that Thor knows how to party, but you know, what are, is this the way it's going to be? And no, mm-hmm. two pages later, we experience something that we haven't seen from Thor in a really long time even through um, most of Mighty Thor and the Journey into Mystery stuff that he was involved in, um, as long as I've been reading him, I've never seen him scared. Like, I've never seen him truly afraid. And he's horrified Mm -hmm. in this. And it completely flips the urgency of the situation, like, flips the comic, where it was, like, all fun and games and Thor, like, you know, frat-housing it up with some (laughs) village. Then all of a sudden... Something that truly terrifies him comes down and the book takes, I don't want to call it a dark tone because I'm a little tired of everything being described as dark. Mm-hmm. 
just because you choose to, you know, be a little more atmospheric mm. with your themes. You know, it's dark now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Isad Ribic's art is spectacular. Mm-hmm. There's all these new, like, not not new artists, but there are these artists that are cropping up between, like, Dexter Soy and uh, some of the, whoever did the last issue of Journey into Mystery, can't remember, but it, the art for it was phenomenal. Um, and this too, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous just to look at. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like I want to, it's a, like a, a serial killer of gods. Yeah. It's a really, really, really heavy, heavy, heavy handed arc to begin your, mm. you know, your Thor story. Yeah. So the fact that he went so big so soon really excites the shit out of me because mm-hmm. I think I think it's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. And that was something that I was a little apprehensive about with the Thor stuff. And I'm curious to see what happens with Journey into Mystery today. That um, I don't want it to be the same book. I want it to be different. And when I picked this up and I read this, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is... It's Thor, but this is going to be... This is going to be intense. Yeah. You know, whereas the other stuff was epic and involved like all the realms and everything we're not going to go there yet Mm -hmm. with this i think it's going to be very localized um and i think we're going to get to see a lot of great character moments from him uh right off the bat yeah so the idea of setting it in three different time periods at one time is really interesting you know we got young as you call him pimp thor yep then we have the thor that we know you know you know you know still brash but you know hero thor and then we have old king thor um, and all three are very interesting. What I like about it is you hear God serial killer and you think it's going to be this oppressively, you know, violent and, uh, bleak book. And it's not, you know, it, it has bleakness to it. It has those elements, especially the kind of older Thor stuff is, is much more bleak. It's much more, you know, King Lear ish, sure. you know, End of his reign sort of idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the middle Thor stuff is. You know, he still has a sense of humor. He's still ridiculous and brash. And, and, and the young Thor stuff feels almost like, you know, Beowulf in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and none of it feel... I, I never felt, like, weighed down by the, the, theme, the themes in it. But I did think there was it was really rich in all the things I was exploring. You know, and I, I love the idea of... it's a It's almost addressing, you know, the the truth that nobody likes to talk about in comic books, which is these big heroes are not going to die, right? So th- this Thor, the middle Thor you're seeing, you know, the Thor of today, he's not going to die because he lives to be old Thor. You know, the- he's going to be the king at one point and then he's going to be facing some really dastardly crap and maybe <laughs> he'll die then. But come on, let's be serious. This, you know, Thor- Avenger Thor, he's not going to die. Yeah. You know, he, he, he might... You know, a sun might blow up around him or something, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> He's still not going to die. So let's Disappear address that. Disappear for a few months. But exactly. Yeah. Let's address that. And I, I think in that way, it makes it more tense, you know, because you're thinking what's going to happen to Thor to get him to the place where he is when he is older? Because he's not he's not in great shape. No. You know, um, and I, I agree. The art is is beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Rob, what about you? I loved it too. Uh, to me, it, it read like some of the old awesome Conan novels. Uh, just you know, you have your young brash. Uh, That's the word of the night. Brash. Yeah. Brash. Okay. Uh, 
you know, then you have your your well formed, and then the King Conan, uh, King Conan, you know, crazy yeah, all this rocker sitting too, on the yeah. throne, yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it just read like like a, a great novel to me, and I want it all now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just want it in front of me. I want to read it all. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. but I had a great time with it. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what a lot of other people think about this book. Yeah. Um, Bob, you didn't get a chance to read it, right? Not yet. No. no um, as an outsider, just hearing us talk about it and knowing the premise, are you excited about this book? What's your history with Thor anyway? Uh, bits and pieces over the years. I mean, certainly bought all the Kirby's, uh, when Walt Simonson took it over, yeah, ran with him for a very long time and then sort of drifted away. We got into Eric Masterson and all sorts of other crazy stuff over the... Thunderstrike. Yeah, it, it, it turned rather silly. He's a hard character to do well because it's the, the, the power level, first of all. Yeah. And then how do you manage Asgard and Earth mm-hmm. and pull it all together? It sounds like they found a way here. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, what happens. It seemed... You know, it definitely feels like a book that... It's reading very well individually in this first issue. It feels to me like something that... If you hand somebody this trade in, in, you know, in six or seven months, like I feel like something they'll devour and just be mm-hmm. crazy about it, you know, because it feels like it's gonna be a big epic story. That like Rob is saying, I wish I had the second issue in my hand right now to, to be reading the second part. And we want it all. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah. Right now. Right now. Uh, Poof. <laughs> so I'll go next. Let's talk a little about all new X Men. Um, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Stuart Immonen, right? Immonen. Mm-hmm. I always, I always say Immamin, but that's Cinnamon. totally wrong. Yeah. It's totally wrong. I, when I wrote my review, I wrote Immamin six times, and then when I checked the spelling, because I knew I was going to check the spelling, I was like, oh, I always crap. think of the band uh, Emojin Heap Oh yeah. time I see his name. <laughs> we'll try that. Uh, so, um, this comes, you know, obviously aftermath of really AVX consequences at this point. Uh, Scott is on the run uh, with uh, Magneto and uh, Magic and uh, Emma Frost and he's kind of recruiting uh, n- the newly born mutants that, that are coming about and at the same time at the Jean Grey school uh, Hank McCoy and some of the teachers there are trying to figure out what they do about this Cyclops problem you know what are they going to do and and the big theme of the book especially this first issue is if 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 Scott could see himself if you know original Scott if you know could see himself now he wouldn't recognize him uh, himself so that's basically the book obviously we know the big kind of time travel plot of it is the the five original X-Men come into now and it's basically worse than they could ever have imagined because it's not even some outside force that's become the thing that's destroying them it's themselves um I'm gonna start off with Bob because Bob we've been talking about this for a long time Mm -hmm. and um, it's a writer that you have very, uh, let's say, to put it nicely, mixed feelings about, and yeah. it's a yeah, putting it very nicely. It's a uh, it's a part of the universe that you've had major problems with, um, as far as the way that the characters have been handled. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you tell us what you thought of All New X Men number one? Well, it it is definitely right out of Consequences. It might as well be Consequences six. Mm-hmm. You know, it follows directly on that. First of all, just. It, it's the Scott problem in general in just the way the character has been handled without right. getting into that whole diatribe again. The early parts of this, if you're going to play Scott in this way, then it's, it's written well for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think he did a great job with the the art present Hank McCoy. Yeah. Who looks at this and sees this is not what Professor X would have wanted or Scott would have wanted and where we're at. He's dealing with another issue that we don't really know what's mm-hmm. happening yet. And you know, then he jumps into the past. Now, the my problem with the past may get solved. I want to read one more issue. Mm-hmm. The Hank of 1963, whatever they're going to say it, that's not Hank McCoy. As someone who bought that off the newsstand, or my father bought it for me 50 years ago, <clears throat> anyway, um, he was kind of a happy-go-lucky guy back then. Scott was a little broody, but not what they would turn him into. He, he moved forward from all those problems and became the, the good, upstanding character that apparently no one wants to write anymore. He and Wolverine completely switched roles, and he went off to be Magneto Jr., mm-hmm. I do want to see one more and see how the, the two teams play out to see if he's not. There aren't lines here by Mr. Bendis that are just written to show I, I want to say this and I'll have somebody say it mm-hmm. kind of. Um, it's an interesting premise. It strikes me as a little oddly ironic that the writer who basically for seven years, which is one year of really bad Marvel time, has blown up had torn in half, killed, revived, destroyed, had heroes fight each other for years, is now writing a book where we bring characters back from the Silver Age to comment on how terrible things are now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I find it kind of fascinating. So I want to see at least one more to see how it plays out. <laughs> Rob, what about you? Uh, I mean, X-Books X never really were my thing. And I mean, I, I have a lot of stuff that took me a while to read and it's only the past maybe three four years that i've really been getting into the x-men stuff um but reading all the avengers x-men and prior and then consequences into this it just all fits it's the natural progression and i do like where it's going so yeah as bob said that there's some characterization stuff where I mean, with the Beast thing, I I just think that that was him at that moment after, you know, he said in the book that he had just come across a mob of, mob of people and, and he's had it. So it was that moment that set him off. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he was always like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just think he was pissed at that moment. Mm-hmm. So that's why Hank came and said, you know, I chose this moment to come mm-hmm. because... Well, you know, to, we'll to set himself yeah. straight. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think it's a great jumping on point for people. Yeah. Um, you know, people that haven't been reading the, the X properties. Uh, it, it's good. Yeah. Uh, Steve, what about you? Mr. Laughing Steve, what about you? I just, I'm <laughs> cracking up about Bob over here because I could see him stirring. <laughs> and I just, I, I love, I love when he, his feathers get ruffled. It's, it's fun for me because I can see it. Anyway, um, well, no, we'll I commend Bob for, these days. No, I commend uh, Bob for not trashing it based on the person that wrote it. No, but I think it's funny because you're, you're talking about, you know, Hank and, and being in the moment. And Bob's just like, We'll see. Oh. He's got the eyes squinting. Like he just drew a line in the sand. Dirty Harry, feet. yeah. Um, no, I. All right. My my thing with it was this. I read it. I read it very quickly, so I don't think that I have a, a fair judgment of the book. Uh, I will say this though. I was unfulfilled 
as it being a first book. And the reason for that being is that once AVX was over, I was just, I was so glad that we were done that when consequences came around, I didn't, I didn't get it because I was just, I was, I'd put so much money and time into the event itself Mm -hmm. that I didn't bother getting consequences. And everybody kept telling me what, it was good. No, I know. <laughs> People were telling me that was good, but the right off the bat, if it doesn't please me aesthetically, like to the eye, the art, I have a hard time being sold on a book. That's just me. I I love art. I love the art portion of a book. If a book's art is ugly, um, it hurts my chances of buying it. I'll fully admit that. Um and I've read some wonderful books that had really ghastly art, like the Avenging Spider-Man, mm-hmm. one of the best issues this year. Yeah. yeah. Terrible art. Yeah. Horrible. Frightening, even. <laughs> um, but amazing. Mm-hmm. So I regret not reading it, but by not reading it, I felt like I was at a huge disadvantage because the last time that I saw Scott, he had this crazy visor on. He was locked up. He was a danger to everyone around him. And then I opened up the book and he's suited up and he's just like, you know, he's got friends and they're like, we're going to go around and we're going to bring, you know, these new, these new mutants. And he's acting like the new Professor X, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was just like, huh, the, okay, how did we get there? And then I, you guys talking about consequences, if I didn't read that. And I've been reading this whole time Mm. because I missed those five little issues. I I was completely in the dark about where this was starting. Well, I mean, I I think they do a pretty good job in the issue of kind of explained to you very quickly that he was broken out of prison uh, by Magneto and the group that he is with. And this is what he's doing. Right. But it just it seemed very like quick. Like this is what happened. And now... I mean, I know that you have to wrap it up within like a page or two or even mm-hmm. just a conversation, but for everything, for everything that he'd done, like if you missed consequences to wrap that up in a page or a conversation or two, I, I, I didn't get that sense. I still didn't know what happened. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, well, I would say if you want that fulfillment and you have to read consequences. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know? But that's the thing. Like, it's like now I feel like I've got to go back. Right. right. If I want to appreciate this, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to stick with this, so then I have to go back and make a commitment to another arc Mm -hmm. just to get the full enjoyment or full understanding of this new thing. Well, I mean, that arc is very good. I'm going to say that. I I loved Consequences. I I wish it was in trade. I would pick it up today. (laughs) I'm sure it'll probably be soon. But what it does change, though, you mentioned he's now the new Professor X. If you read Consequences, no, he's a new Magneto. No, I mean, and I I, I think it's very clear the the way he's acting in all new X-Men, whether you've read Consequences or not, he's... Just, he's shooting at policemen with his, you know, yeah. he's acting like Magneto. He's not acting like Professor X. It would have just like been like, hello, you know. Hello, I just, I just meant the, like the recruitment yeah, no, portion yeah. of it. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. He, he's kind of putting together another league of evil mutants, so they will not call it that anymore. Which, because... Yeah, it's, that is a problem, right? <laughs> Hi, I'm, I run the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be a problem. Yeah, we're, we're really trying to help people here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I loved it, and, you know, I, I think... Much like Rob Rob was saying, I feel like they do a good job of giving you hooks. Now, maybe if you read AVX, then didn't read Consequences, you'd be 
You'd be searching for, you'd be grasping for something to understand because you feel like there's something you should understand there. But I feel like if you came into this book cold, like if you were like, I'm going to walk in and buy this new X-Men book, um, you, you know, and not have read any of that stuff, I feel like you could pick it up. And if you knew who the X-Men were, you could at least start to get, you'd be like, well, why is Scott acting like such a douche? But you, you know, they, they kind of give you that as you go along, you know? Um, I feel like it does a good job of that. Uh, it's interesting because the book and page number is pretty short, but there are so many words on every page of the book that I feel like I was very fulfilled by what was happening. Um, I think he nails what you're saying, the older beast, like the current, mm-hmm. but I, I think he writes that character beautifully and I'm very excited to see where that goes from now on. Um, interesting about this issue, there's no Wolverine in the issue, even though this is at a lot of, much of it is based at the Jean Grey school. There's no Wolverine. So, I mean, he's on the cover, I think, of the next issue, so I'm sure we're going to see him. But uh, it's I actually kind of liked it that he wasn't involved in, in the storyline. Um, I also really like that it, it's a connected X-Men universe. That it's, you know, I love Uncanny, and I love the fact that we have Wolverine and the X-Men, and I like the kind of segregated stories we get there. But I really like this, seeing a book that combines those two, you know, worlds into one. So we don't always have to be telling you know, separate stories and then coming together in, you know, like crossover or events. We now have a book that's like, you know, the mainline X-Men book that's going to be telling you these dual stories at all times. I have a question. Yeah. The other, Rob, you might know, the other X-Men book, the one that was like, it's like number 38 that just came out. Is that continuing? It's, it's, it's canceled. Canceled. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, not because I didn't like it, but because it's one less thing I have to buy. You don't think they're going to announce something else, though? No, but at least I get, like, at least a month reprieve. <laughs> no, me, because Uncanny X-Men's coming back. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, And they just, just announced that uh, Paul Cornell, um, Alan Davis, Wolverine book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I heard uh, whispers. What's going on with that? Um, yeah, Paul Cornell, uh, who's obviously Demon Knights and uh, Saucer Country, right? Mm-hmm. You're in Saucer Country. Um, he wrote a big... Uh, was it Captain Britain? Captain Britain, yeah. Arc uh, that people seem to really love. Uh, he's coming back to Marvel for the first time in a while. Uh, it's a Wolverine solo book, and Alan Davis is doing uh, the art in it. Favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, the the word on it is what Cornell said was it's going to be, uh, it's going to be less big story, big picture. It's going to be smaller, uh, self contained arc. It's going to be a book that people can pick up more easily. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, sort of like what they do with Avenging Spider-Man, not quite that same sort of, you know, team-up type of situation, but a book that, you know, every four or five issues, you could probably pick it up and start reading it and be okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. It's interesting to me because they already have a Wolverine book they announced called Savage Wolverine. Yeah, the Frank Cho. The Frank Cho book. Um, and to me, putting this book out, calling it Wolverine, it sort of ghettoizes that Savage Wolverine book a little bit to me. You know, where if that book now feels like, the secondary Wolverine book, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't know what, what the fate of that's going to be. I'm sure because it says Wolverine, it will do just fine. But um, so you're losing X-Men, but you're inserting another uh, X-Men, sent, uh, you know. There's always something to take another thing's yeah, place. It's true. It never ends. It's absolutely true. There's no such thing as a light week. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. Um so, uh, yeah, that I really, really liked All New X-Men. I, I'm excited about the new mutants as well. The um, We didn't get a lot of time with the two that we were kind of introduced to, but I felt like they, he did a good job of giving them at least a little bit of, a little bit of personality, a little bit of attitude in, in their 
in their little sections and I'm excited that we get to see new people, you know, coming in because I, I, I think that can, you know, energize a, a book very much. And I think it will lead to c- good um, moral decisions for these people because right now, these people who got kind of recruited by Cyclops, you know, Cyclops is the, they're going to be their mentor. But what's going to happen when Wolverine comes to call in and is like, you know, what are you doing? This guy tried to kill half the planet and it was yeah. whatever. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, we haven't even addressed what's going to happen when Scott meets himself or meets Gene uh, again for the first time. Mm. So I'm interested to see that stuff. And it's a crazy time travel idea. And that excites me as a, as a big arc. So I'm very excited about the book. Um, I do want to say, you mentioned Avengers Assemble way back at the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that they all lived, like they were all in the same place. They lived in the same house. Avengers Tower. Yeah, I know, but I just just loved it. I'm sure somewhere down the road, you're going to have one of those old cutaway diagrams you used to in the old Marvel books. Here's the Baxter building. Here's where everyone lives. Yeah. yeah. I I love maps. I'm obsessed with like old video game maps. And Mm -hmm. like you said, just even the old Marvel like premiere books that used to have all the layouts yeah. and stuff. I would love that. <laughs> it's retro. You may see it. Yeah, you mm. may. Um, did anybody else read X-Men Legacy? Yes. I was going to ask if anybody, but I didn't get a chance. Yeah, I checked it out and you checked it out too? I did. Uh, what'd you think of it? I reread it and I liked it more than I did the first time. Okay. Uh, because it is so different. It is very different, yeah. Uh, like, honestly, this is going to be one of those books and I'll, I'll call it early, but this is going to be one of those books that, that has that real hardcore cult following, mm-hmm. uh, just oddball stuff going mm-hmm. on, um, weird concept, crazy characters, trippy things going on, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't need to be totally connected to the Marvel Universe. It's, it's just going to have that weird feel. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I do like it gives itself a reason for existing. You know, it it's not just another group of mutants who are at a school who are a team and for some reason they're not they're not on the bigger team. They have like their own little, you know, section or whatever. I I really like that a lot. Um I don't really like, like the the design of the main character. It's Xavier's son mm-hmm. who is the main character of the book. Um he uh his hair is ridiculous. It's the it's like it's like Goku he's that, from no, uh, he's the guy from Tekken. Oh, he's the guy yeah, from Tekken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there are some cool concepts in it, and I don't know if it's a book I'm going to continue to pick up. But I, I think for somebody looking for something a little bit askew from the rest of the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. it might be something worth checking out because it might be up your alley. It's not quite up my alley, but uh, I think it gives itself a reason to be there, which is a good thing, you know? Would I like it? I think you should give it a chance. It's odd. I I think you would. Yeah. Mm, I I, I, I think like it's God. one of those books that might pay off reading in the long run. You know, there might be some crazy huge concepts that they're they're working on. Um, But yeah, I'd say everybody give it a shot. I mean, it's definitely worth a shot because it's so particular that it might be just the thing that just floats mm-hmm. your boat completely, you know. But well, I have I have the Scotty Young cover, so I didn't want to I didn't want to read the right. baby cover ones. Yeah. I like to keep my variants all snug mm-hmm. and whatever. <laughs> um, maybe I'll pick it up later today yeah. and uh, give it a whirl. It's a it's pretty cool. Uh, the only other Marvel now book really didn't talk about was uh, Red She Hulk. Uh, was it fifty <laughs> nine? <laughs> <laughs> did, did you guys read that book? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think of it, Bob? 
Uh, slightly better than 58, but I still think we're going to need one or two more issues to see where this is going. It, it's more fun. She's more hulky. We even end it with, you know, a classic Hulk line. <laughs> Overriding themes so far about super soldiers and the rest, it's all been done before. There's nothing really special. I'd rather see the real She-Hulk, frankly. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I do not share Bob's enthusiasm for the red <laughs> She-Hulk. Okay. Um, it's unfortunate, but after only two issues, I've actually taken it off my pull list. Um, I'd love to give it more time, but mm-hmm. with everything coming out, um, it's, it's just not doing it for me. It's okay. very, uh, militarized, which is people know is not a thing of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the, I didn't like the way the, the Avengers were, were portrayed in it. Um, I felt like they weren't exactly acting like themselves or the dialogue didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just too much like jump bang clash. I just don't. I don't know. There's something about it that I, I read the second one and I, I gave it a, I gave it a shot. And like I said, with everything coming out, things have to get, you know, maybe a trade if it gets better, if it picks up. But uh, that's the point that I'm at. Yeah. That I've got to, I got to start. Uh, and, but making... you, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> every no, every no, no. Sorry, Rob, but everyone really should be. <laughs> yeah, man. You should, you should be. No, and Rob would agree. You, you should be buying what you're enjoying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. 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 I'm not going to yell at someone for not buying something. <laughs> he hates me now. No, <laughs> no, but I probably way only... before this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd only go one more myself on that title. Ooh, but it's going to have to if it's a good issue and pays off. But yeah, so far, bleh. Okay. I just I felt like it was getting somewhere, and then all of a sudden they removed the element of it getting somewhere and it felt like we were it was just like a wild goose chase and you know like, oh we gotta talk we gotta have a conversation with her so like we've been trying to do that for right. you know 40 something <laughs> pages yes yeah. when is that gonna happen yeah. i don't have you know i could be introducing myself to something new right the, yeah you know, the next time that your book comes out Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't mean to be overly harsh about it. I just... No, it wasn't I don't awful, think you're being harsh at all. I'm just right. being I'm fair. disappointed. I was yeah. really looking forward to it. And it's just, it's so embedded in the, the oorah mm-hmm. that I just don't, I don't like it. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, that's it for our Marvel Now uh, talk. We're going to take a little break and we're going to come back with some listener questions. Oh, I didn't even Woo. study. some listener questions so let's all right the bat here with our good friend harry uh he emailed Yay. us uh at info at talkcomicbooks.com um so it's, it is uh three questions first of all we all know that bob has as the self-described johnny appleseed introduced many of us to the wonderful world of fantastic four number one rocked also, Bobby recently introduced Steve to the Green Lantern's world. Mm-hmm. For each host, what is your favorite book or webcomic that another co-host has introduced you to? Webcomic? Well, it's no, it's a book or webcomic. So you can it could be any of them. That's he's saying it could oh. be any kind of comic. Oh, so we're all doing this. Yes, yeah. we're all doing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Got it. Hark a Vagrant. Absolutely love Cape Eaton. So thank you, Stephanie. All right. All right. Steve. Uh, it's a tie. Um, I would say, well, Fantastic Four, obviously. Right. And FF uh, for Bob. That's a little too easy, though. Um, I'm going to go with a really oddball one from Stephanie. Uh, Sarah and the Seed. I, mm. That's what I was going to say. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> oh, man. Stole Suck. yours, buddy. Sorry, Bob. That's fine. It was really, it was short, it was sweet, it was very, very, very cool. It took me by surprise. I liked it a lot. Nice. I mean, I'm going to keep the Stephanie love going, but for me, it's Morning Glories. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's not a book I probably would have looked at, you know, if it hadn't been for her talking about that, going on about it that one day. On a very early show, I mean, and that book has obviously been an amazing ride. It's a sinister ride. prep school. It's a sinister prep school. There's stuff going on. Yeah, even though I, I dare you to go back and listen to that description and have any idea what she's talking about, <laughs> she was so enthusiastic about it that I had to pick it up. I'm sure she mentioned shenanigans, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I will say this, too. Uh, for Steve, Batwoman. Yeah. You, you, you got me onto Batwoman, and it's great. I, I love it. You know, I was very skeptical about it. You know, it, it just looking at it, I'm like, okay, another bat. You know, another bat book, yeah. another bat book, and and reading it, it's got so much going on in it. So, and I should say that to both of you because I just started reading that, and I'm in mm-hmm. love with it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you read the detective arcs, right? Yeah. Yeah, and have you? And you've or the first six, the new first six, and so I'm just about to. I'll buy the next six in hardback. Yeah. In January, so I have twelve and thirteen and zero are next on the pile. Great. Well, zero, twelve, thirteen. I guess right. is the proper way. Yeah, uh, great. And fourteen um, today. Yeah, one of my favorite things about that detective comics is that they do that first arc without really giving you much backstory on her. I know she popped up in issues before that, but I love the way that the second detective arc completely fills in all of the stuff yeah. that happened. You learn about when she was a kid, and you know what happened to her sister, and all these other things that just fill in what had happened before. It's just, mm-hmm. it's it's really really mm-hmm. great, Rob. Honestly, Steve Steve took mine. Uh, I mean, Rob reads everything, so it's kind of tough for him to be turned on to yeah. things. Mm. Well, that that's why that one sticks out in my head so much is because yeah, I don't even know where I pulled that from. <laughs> r- rarely do do things come up that I haven't read, so it's mostly web comics that that people point me to. And I just remember that night sitting on my couch, and and uh, Steph mm. was tweeting. Oh no, Steph had talked about it on the show. Yeah. And uh, so I read it and was tweeting about it, and she responded. The creator responded. It, it was it was cool. So, I have yeah, one other I one actually, but it's from it. a guest. Oh, what uh, Miss Fury with the Trina Robbins talked uh-huh. to us about, which yep. I just really loved. Just giant hardcover book of old strips, really done so well. Right. Mm-hmm. I will say this too. I started reading Batman and Robin because Scott Snyder talked so favorably about it oh. when he was a guest here. I had stopped reading it, and the way he talked about it made me start reading it. So. There you go. Um, Thank you, Harry. Yeah, Harry. Harry has another question, though. Hmm. says, looking at my polls and willingness to experiment with books from the Marvel now, I find myself much more likely to pick up a new Marvel book than a DC title. I do not want to start a war over which company is better, but I really cannot put a finger on where my Marvel bias comes from. Aside from the creators behind the books, why do people gravitate to one company over another? Do you guys see any big differences besides the creative teams? I realize my bias may also be due to the Marvel recap pages on the first page of every book or the Marvel movies. This is what I generally see, is that it's a childhood moment that kind of sets where your mind is at, Mm -hmm. DC or Marvel. 
that's how it was for me. That's how it is for tons of people I talk to. But I mean, for me, it's I just had so much more access to to those Marvel characters mm-hmm. from all the old cartoons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I used to go into. 112 video down down the street from me when I was a kid and rent the old 60s Marvel cartoons on VHS and I would watch them over and over and over again and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends Uh, so that just embedded in my brain Marvel Mm. Um, so as a kid that that's what I mostly bought now now I read a lot of everything, so I don't think it's one company or another. Right. But I generally think it comes from mm-hmm. a point in childhood. So- I, I do agree with you, because I know that... I mean, a lot for me, it came from the cartoons that I watched, like you are mentioning. For me, it was the X-Men cartoon and the Spider-Man cartoon of the 90s that really made me feel more connected uh, to Marvel. It was before I had gotten into the Batman the Animated series, you know? Um... And so, and I think unfairly as well, I always just thought of Batman as something totally separate. You know, I didn't, I didn't think of him as, I didn't identify him as DC as a kid. You know, it didn't seem like he was part of this larger universe. It seemed like he was Batman and then they had all their other stuff, you know, and that was just my, as a kid. And I think that's why I gravitated towards it. And Spider-Man, I loved that cartoon. And so I became obsessed with the character. So that's kind of what came from, from me. Hmm. Um, Steve, what about you? Well, my, um... I guess DC. I mean, it's weird. I I buy much more Marvel these right. days than DC. Um, completely the opposite of last year because of the the fifty two and now Marvel now, um, kind of jumped over the fence. But for me, it started with Batman. It started with the original Burt Ward and Adam West show. Um, I mean, it's, I think I've told the story before, but I I grew up basically every weekend um, at a beach house. Uh, our friend John, a family friend. And it was always it was Planet of the Apes, The Simpsons, and and that and Batman. But it wasn't just like one of Batman. They whatever channel it was on, there were several in a row. Right. So I would get like four hours couch time just <laughs> sitting with Batman. And um, for the longest time as a kid, if I was going to read anything at all, it was going to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't prefer one company over the other. I think both companies have their characters and have their merits. Um, but I mean, as far as like my childhood and where I have made my home in comics is definitely DC. Yeah. I mean, I think, I want to pass on to Bob after mm-hmm. I say this last point, is that I think now the difference between the companies is much smaller than when they began their kind of creative endeavors. I think now there's a lot of parity between the way they both do business, but I want to ask you, Bob, I mean, you were reading comics not too long after those, you know, the the the, the Silver Age uh, really mm-hmm. began, you know, and that's kind of comics as we know it now, sure. so... Well, when I was a kid, there wasn't Marvel. Right. I was getting some DCs and classic comics and some of those things, and, you know, I've said this, the first Marvel I have memory of having is Fantastic Four number five and I I had some Justice Leagues and things pretty quickly Marvel did business differently their, their characters were more human and they did things they were more interesting they seemed as if they existed in a real world with real problems and I drifted away from DC and I still bought Justice League here and there particularly with JSA crossovers it took the change of creators when they started to go to the back and forth to companies that I started buying more DCs 
But then with all their events, their characters have changed. Mm -hmm. They're not the people I grew up. And the Marvel ones, despite all the complaining I do, are much (laughs) closer to the characters I remember than the DC ones are now. You have to pick and choose a little more. Right. But I agree with you. The companies are much closer in tone and tenor than they ever have been before. Right. Um, And his last question is, who would win in a fight? (laughs) Moo Moo or Pizza Dog? Wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say Pizza Dog. Wow. What? Okay. L- look. Well, we're talking the real, li- no. the real life Moo Moo or the Moo Moo superhero avatar of yours. That oh, would change well, things. It was, well, I still don't know. Well, it's <laughs> going to be one of those cases of mistaken identity. Oh, wait, we're really friends. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, let's, we'll team up. Yeah. yeah. What's tragic is that the pizza place that actually knew who pizza dog was i was going yeah i was going to them because the guy came to deliver a pizza to the house one day he had a dog in the car it wasn't pizza dog but i Uh i pointed it out it was golden retriever and he's like yeah he's like hawkeye i'm like what (laughs) so he's like yeah he's like my dog's name isn't pizza dog but you know he's like "I i call him that every now and then so I started going there, and then I went to GameStop today, and I was like, do I go to the food store, or do I get a slice of pizza? And they're like, pizza place is gone, man. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was there yesterday. Apparently, the owner of that pizza place took all the money, closed shop, called everyone, told them they were done, and the, the, the place is dark. Aww. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I'm very upset. But who would win in a fight? Um, I, I, I think that was the question. <laughs> yeah. Pizza Dog, I think Moo would probably just go up to Pizza Dog and snuggle with him and Aww. probably share a piece of pizza and lick his paws or something. Like, maybe, that's so sweet. Maybe she has Spider-Woman pheromone power. She can mm-hmm. have Pizza Dog make her a pizza. I love Pizza Dog. <laughs> I love Pizza Dog. Well, Harry had his money on Moo, just so you know. Oh. Well, she, she, she could probably, I don't know. <laughs> Just what a weird out. question, Harry. It's a great question. Um, maybe, maybe it's a tie. A tie, yeah. We'll call it a tie. We'll yes. call it a draw. All right. Um, this question is from Dominique, and uh, it's about uh, double shipping of issues. Uh. And the basic ish, the, the basic uh, gist of this email is just, you know, that could be, you know, eight to ten bucks you're spending on a book a month on one book, and you know, with on a budget, it, it's tough to make that work. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about comic book pricing and stuff. Um, Rob, what do you think of the whole double shipping uh, thing? I'm uh, totally against it. Okay. I, I don't like it at all. Um, it gets, to me, it gets people to buy less. Right. Uh, and eventually, they'll just stop buying that, that book altogether because they feel like it's just too much at once. Okay. Um, can we define the double shipping? You know, two like times Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah. Well, well that's every okay. two that's weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Every two. X Factor's been every two weeks. New Avengers, Avengers, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just making sure. Yeah. There, there's too much of it right now, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And in the Marvel Now stuff, it's funny because uh, Ryan from Twitter mm-hmm. was talking about this the other day. And I went and counted up all the Marvel Now stuff that there's about nine titles in the new Marvel Now stuff that that's double shipping and Ugh. it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking outside about Wolverine and the X-Men that mm. it's coming out again today. 
It mm-hmm. came out last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like two weeks before that, mm-hmm. yeah. there's been three within like a month's time. Yeah. It's insane. I, yeah. I love the book, but I mean, you know, uh, oversaturation. Yeah. It, it, it hurts with new readers. New readers aren't going to pick up a book that, that ships three times, mm-hmm. two times a month. It, yeah. it just... It's not working. Yeah. yeah, and as we discussed when we were talking about fixing Marvel last week, mm-hmm. it's the same point I was making. You tie up the money in a family of books; they're not sampling the rest of your line. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and DC doesn't do it, right? Nope. No, they don't do it. No, they they ship like once every two months. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> like, the opposite. I mean, unless there's some weird thing with an annual coming out near the time of another yeah, issue, and that doesn't count. Yeah, but that's you a know, separate you know, thing. Because I think there was two weeks in a, basically two weeks in a row where there was just as like dark. They, mm-hmm. they did like the the thirteen and the annual right back to back. Yeah, but like w- once a year, I could forgive. Yeah, but exactly. If it's twenty four to thirty issues a year of a book, yeah. it oof. like we've already got another Deadpool coming out today. Yeah, already. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, we were just talking about that last podcast. Yeah, and now it's time to to do it again. Yeah. Although I don't I don't care with Spider Man. They could. Put I know that you out. don't care yeah. Spider Man, even though uh, well six ninety eight is coming out. Today mm-hmm. didn't six ninety seven come out last week? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Towards the beginning of the year, Spider Man was coming out three times a month. Yeah, that was before you guys like heavily started into into the Spidey stuff. That's yeah, but it was coming out three times a month, and the only reason that worked is because they had canceled all of the other Spider Man titles, mm-hmm. so there was no web of spectacular okay. anything like that. So, Amazing Spider Man, the flagship title took over all of those slots. Right. So that worked. Yeah. One title is fine. <laughs> and that title. I mean, we, ha- and we have Amazing Spider-Man and Avenging Spider-Man that come out uh, yeah. every month. So you, you have like four, three to four Spider-Man titles a month. And, and Ultimate. And Ultimate, well. yeah, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. We, we agree with Dominique. Bad yes. thing. Yeah. It's tough when you're on a budget. You know, if you had only money to spend, it's fine, but... You know, you're already asking four dollars for an issue of the Avengers. Yep. You know, all of a sudden you're asking people eight dollars a month instead of four dollars a month. Right. Plus mm-hmm. new and dark and all yeah, the yeah. rest of it. And then beyond the money, the monetary budgets, the time budget. Yeah. What, what, how can you read all this stuff? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. What? And I think that's a much bigger thing than the variant covers to me. If you're double shipping uh. a book. You know, it's you're asking people if they want to get the story, they need to buy two books mm-hmm. in a month. You know, what were you going to say, Steve? Sorry, I do not remember. Okay, <laughs> it probably wasn't that important. It'll come to you later. It never is. Um, so this is from uh, on Twitter at, at, at Talking Comics. Super bad, Larry. Yay! Have any of you guys read the Miller Romita Daredevil uh, Man Without Fear origin miniseries? I remember it being very good. Rob shaking his head. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent book. Some of the best Electra stuff out there. Um, great book. Read it. I have not read it. And nope. Bob, you haven't read it? Um, oh, really, Bob? No? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I have it. Okay. Someone, <laughs> someone is getting it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, What do you think of End of Days, by the way? Daredevil End of Days. Oh, that's funny. I just read the second issue today. Um I love the dark tone. Oh, God. I'm sorry I said dark <laughs> yeah. tone. No, no, don't apologize. Um, it's society, man. Yeah. I, I like the book a lot. I want to visit that Times Square so bad, as they depicted <laughs> it in the second issue. Mm-hmm. It was like all Marvel Broadway plays, and there was a Hulk play, and uh, 
I, th- I thought it reads great. I like the desperation that um, the reporter. Ben. Ben Urich. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I like his desperation and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I like how he's just rebelling against Jameson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, it's, and it's a mystery. Yeah. And so. it reminds me in tone of that older stuff. Too. It has that, you know, very much the so. same feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I actually haven't read it either, so <laughs> I can't I can count on it. But the only reason I read it out because I knew you were here, so mm-hmm. I figured it would be good for you to talk about it. Yeah, that's weird. I just read that second one today. Um, no, so uh, how about this question? Um, we have a couple more now questions from listeners, actually. But uh, hmm. uh, Ryan Hay says, I would like to ask each of you, which of the Marvel Now titles are you most excited about and which are you not so much? Um, I, after reading every, I mean, Fantastic Four is a given. Yeah. Uh, Thor would have to be my my top choice. Mm-hmm. It's just... It, that you were most excited for? Were, were and remain the most excited is for. Is there anything else coming out that hasn't come out yet, though, that you're... Uh, what are we waiting on? Really quick. Um, Almost everything. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we got Avengers, New Avengers, Superior Spider-Man. Um, uh, Superior, I'm excited for. Avengers, uh, Arena, uh, mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Force, Cable mm-hmm. and X-Force. I'm saying FF. FF. Fraction already. Yeah. FF. yeah, there you go. FF and Arena, I think, would be my other. Arena, just because... I like the the tying in of other things that I like. Mm-hmm. Like I love the covers um, yeah. to the to the thing. I don't know how. I don't know if I necessarily want characters running around getting killed off and mm-hmm. doing that whole thing. But I like the marketing, okay, which gotcha. is usually something yeah. that I hate yeah. in general. But I like the marketing towards mm-hmm. it because I love that movie. And seeing that cover jazzes me up for it. Yeah, the so, Battle Royale cover, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at least willing to to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Journey into Mystery, mm-hmm. uh, which happens today, super. I so 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 excited for that because of uh, Catherine Imonen yeah. is is right. She is cracky, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy writer. Um, her stuff is to me very confusing at times, um, but Journey into Mystery has always been a kind of a little hard to get under. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I'm cur- I'm it's more out of curiosity, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm real curious to see what happens with that. I'm very excited about yeah. that. I mean, for me, it's probably Young Avengers. It's probably the book I'm most excited about. Uh, Karen Gillan. Uh, and Jamie McKelvey, uh, that the Marvel Now uh, preview got me really excited, uh, and I can't wait to see what it is because I love the way he writes, and I know it'll be crazy and weird and you know um, winky, but not too much, and also probably really emotional. So it's he does that stuff really, really well. Mm-hmm. I'm also incredibly excited about FF, um, even more so than I am about Fantastic Four. Oh. I am more excited about FF. So how about least? Oh, well, Robert, what about you? What are you most excited for? Uh, same around the table basically ff spidey uh honestly the avengers stuff yeah i'm really excited about new avengers Uh, mm -hmm. what he's been saying about that has got me very excited yeah and there's just so many mysteries upon characters and Mm -hmm. who's gonna be on the team and who's the new member of the illuminati uh supposedly female which is cool um 
honestly, what what I was least excited for was probably X Men Legacy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that, that's the book that starring a character I could give a shit about, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it, it turned around for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a lot of the, the the cable stuff. Yeah, not that excited for, but the the preview and the point one issue kind of you know sold me mm-hmm. um oh i'm really excited for guardians of the galaxy yeah the the point one preview was awesome and just uh, all the artwork that they've been kind of putting out there that was the alien invasion one with the yeah, yeah yeah that does look very cool yeah. um so yeah that the, i mean there's a lot that i'm really looking forward to and and a lot that just walks the line that i just really meh right yeah i mean what about you bob what are you least uh, excited about Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts? Oh, really? Yeah, Sam, just the whole mixture of that. that. Red Hulk, Electra, Deadpool, Punisher. Blech. Especially what it replaced. Mm-hmm. Though the Dark Avengers are sort of going to be back, I guess. You know. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really replace that book. I mean, that right. book had already changed by the time... Right. Yeah. There are things I'm not looking forward to because I don't don't read Cable or don't right. read X-Force and yeah. so I don't even care right. one way or yeah. the other. But there's a book I was reading that now I won't. Right. Uh, the, the new female... The, Defenders, the oh, Marvel defenders. Birds of Prey kind of thing Fearless I'm interested defenders? in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Valkyrie and oh, I forget the other character. She-Hulk. Red She-Hulk. Red She-Hulk, yeah. yeah. Um, the Heroes for Hire. Uh, Misty Knight. Misty Knight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob was miming an afro, by the yeah, way, yeah. for those in our radio <laughs> audience. Her hair. <laughs> yeah, she has, she, has a, she has a do. I think that book looks really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, probably, like, it's kind of shared. Like, the thing I'm least excited about, probably Cable and the X Force. But yeah. that's just because I just don't have. I don't know what it's going to be. I liked the point one thing, and I really liked the little bits in uh, Consequences with Hope looking for him and the way that mm-hmm. kind of resolved itself and that got me a little more interested in at least picking up the issue I don't know anything about Dennis Hopeless as a writer so that's also the reason why I'm not he has except he has one of the craziest names ever um, uh, what what really got me excited Dennis about his stuff yeah <laughs> what got me saying? excited about his stuff is when we saw him at Comic Con yeah. on the Avengers panel yeah. and he, he was just cool yeah he was very cool and he enthusiastic mm-hmm. Um, and I like the way that he's interacting with people online and kind of hyping his stuff. He's he's doing it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I mean, Indestructible Hulk is also a book that I'm incredibly Ooh. excited about. That's out today. Um, today. And I'm, you know, Mark Wade doing the Hulk. I'm, if it's anything close to what Daredevil is like, I'm totally sold. So mm-hmm. there we go on that. Um, in, a, in, a, in a kind of an answer to that question... Um, Lee Hughes wants to know, are there any titles you'll miss with the arrival of Marvel now? So any titles that are going away that, you, that you're going to be sad about, uh, he'll miss having a Punisher ongoing. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily to do really with Marvel now. It's just kind of a confluence of events. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sure there'll probably be a Punisher title at some point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's just not someone you throw away. Yeah. It's a pretty a pretty uh, popular character. Um, um, you mentioned Thunderbolts. Yeah, uh, Defenders. Yeah. The, the Matt Fraction's doing FF, which mm. is lovely, but I was really digging the Defenders. Yeah. Now, just a title or just, it could be a crea- creative team. There's tons of creative teams, I'm obviously. Saying, yes, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, you can expand the question. So then, obviously, the Hickman yeah. FF stuff. The Hickman. The Hickman. The Hickman. Um... <laughs> In terms of title, though? For me, about the Punisher thing, it's just, 
I honestly don't even care that the Punisher's going away. I just care that Greg Rucka's not going to be writing the Punisher anymore because I don't really care about the Punisher. So mm-hmm. I only care about because Greg Rucka's writing sure. it. So even if he comes back with his own solo series, I probably won't even pick it up unless it's a creative team that I'm just, you know, oh, definitely. crazy for. I agree with you there. Um, there's still a lot of Rucka that that you could be reading. I know, I know. There's a lot of Rucka to catch up with, some Gotham Central, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Queen and Country, correct? Yes. Oh, he did that? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yep. How about that? He's rucking it up. I'm really disappointed AVX has ended. I was hoping that would go for another about five years. (laughs) (laughs) To be announced today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So this is from uh, Leonardo. Uh, he says, uh, how would you guys feel if they did a batman verse movie, like Avengers? Movie ba- for Batgirl, movie for Nightwing, then Red Hood, and then Batman. So almost all the Batman family, and then one collective Batman family movie. I think Batman's better as a solo act. Okay. Y- yeah, I you think agree it's with too, much, too much of the same thing. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So you, you would think, like, you know, a, a, a Batgirl movie, a Nightwing movie, and a Red Hood movie would be redundant? I, th- I think it would feel like the same thing. Right. Maybe in the animated verse, mm-hmm. I think that would be cool, you know? Right. Have one for each of the, the main characters, and mm. then nice. the big event. Mm. Yeah. But in, in terms of live action... I, I don't think mm-hmm. that DC has the chops to pull something like that off. I don't think anyone would have the chops to pull something like that off. I mean, it's tough, you know, because they are very similar. They share the same universe, um, the same book in a lot of the in a lot of the circumstances. I mean, I would love to see a live action Batgirl. Oh, you know, yeah. absolutely. She might just have to be in a Batman movie. You know, I don't know if she's gonna get her own movie to start out with. You know, same thing with Batwoman. You know. Same thing with Nightwing. I, I I feel like you can do a Nightwing story, but do it in a Batman movie. You know, do a Robin story. Have him go, as you go along. Have him then become Nightwing. You can do the Jason Todd story. I think that'd be a great thing for a movie. But it would have to be in a Batman under the Batman shell. You look what yeah. Marvel did. They told four different genres of movies. You know, yeah. World War Two movie, a science fiction movie, a yeah. mythology movie, and a flat art action picture with Iron Man, and made them all meld together you'd have four batman movies basically before there was a batman movie yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. like i said as a fan of course i would love it but if i was the executive behind the desk it probably wouldn't happen Mm -hmm. all right that might i would pay to see (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right so uh this is from hassan and he says What's been your favorite single issues so far this year? For him, it's Batman number five and The Walking Dead number 100. Now, oh, I know I'm just man. bringing on Boom. you guys. <laughs> oh, uh, so tough. Bob, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go first? Just one? Or we're doing a whole bunch. Just, yeah, just, let's, let's we'll do one. Five. Okay. Let's Pick say like five. five. Let's right. say five. Five, five is a number. Do you want all five of them in one lump? Sure. Well, we'd say one of them. I mean, we'll talk okay. about it. Uh, I, I think a couple of them are going to be the same. Um, okay, so we'll do it that way. Okay, Captain Marvel number two. Okay. Where she ends up in, in World War II time travel and the, the howling commandos, only it's a bunch of girls with machine guns and <laughs> Cree flying saucers, and it sets up what's been the next four or five issues, which have been a hell of a lot of fun, mm-hmm. too. That was very good. I was very excited when I put that down. That's a, it's a great book so far. <laughs> oh, okay. All on. right. Uh, Rocketeer, Cargo of Doom number three. Oh, I didn't hmm. read that yet. Nice. Dinosaurs galore, Jurassic Park in Los Angeles and oh. 
flamethrowers and jetpacks and i gotta read that yeah it was a goodie um x factor 240 which is a takeoff on run lola run as run layla run as layla miller's running around different time frames and a panel where she actually runs into lola from the german movie that was hilarious (laughs) which is just incredible uh fantastic four 606 which is a done in one story about willie lumpkin in the hospital where you think they're off in space and they're not really. They're saving one life. They're inner space. Yeah. Thank you, Joe Dante. (laughs) And World's Finest number one, Paul Levitz and Kevin McGuire and George Perez. Ah, nice. Nice. That's for me. I never thought that. All right. Steve, what do you got for us? Ah, let me think. Let me think. Let's see. Batwoman number zero. Batwoman ah, number zero was a phenomenal, phenomenal read. Um, that series has already been so good uh, all the way through, but that issue in particular, the uh, all the the interior dialogue, the whole the whole calling back, the hearkening back to uh, Spider Man Blue that I'd, I'd compared it to. Like I just read Spider Man Blue, and then I read that, and uh, it was almost mirroring in a way. Mm-hmm. So I really I enjoyed that a lot. Um, let me think. Fantastic Four number 605 would be one. Um, that's the one where Ben Grimm gets to, um, they go through several, several years mm-hmm. or several passings of him being able to become human again. And he basically, you you get to see Ben Grimm grow old and become an old man. And just everything that transpires throughout that issue mm-hmm. was very... Um, very inspiring and very much brought me into that character. I felt a little removed from him for a while that he was kind of he was funny but he was kind of always doing the same funny attitude thing Mm -hmm. and that book kind of brought me a little bit more into Mm -hmm. his character so i really appreciated that one um journey into mystery 641 that's on my list yeah um that was one of those issues that i i aside from walking dead number 100 it was the one of the only other times this year reading a new book that I, I my jaw dropped yeah. and I stopped reading. I had to put the book down. Yeah. Uh, we'd lost someone that I didn't really realize how how attached to them I had become. Mm-hmm. And when they were removed from the story, like the way that they were, I would just I was like, no. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. And I had to I texted you. I was yeah. like, dude, did you read? <laughs> What yeah. just happened? Yeah. Like, what just happened? It was, it was the first time that a comic had, like, you know, pulled one over on me, mm-hmm. and I was affected by it. Yeah. I don't want to see what happened, and in case I don't want to ruin anything, but it was, it sucked. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. And it, I had to read it again, and it really got to me. Yeah. Um, let me, th- real quick, uh, Avenging Spider-Man, number 11, I think that's oh, probably yeah. going to be on everybody's, or, you know, the majority, mm-hmm. uh, that was the one we were talking about earlier with the not so hot art, but the yeah. extremely, extremely, extremely um, emotionally gripping uh, story mm-hmm. between uh, Peter and Aunt May, and um, just all the reasons that you love have loved Spider Man for the last fifty years, um, put into an aspect of it anyway, put into that issue, done in a new way that just felt really satisfying mm-hmm. and very gratifying, um, and probably my favorite. Of stuff that's new from this year that I've read has got to be the final issue of FF. Um, and not even, I guess just for for the 
the moral of it and the the idea of that uh regardless of what's going on in your life that you should always have some kind of a corner of your mind where you can go and just the mm-hmm. emphasis on imagination and the willingness and the ability to you know place yourself outside of you know you say you have horrible circumstances going on in your life you have things weighing you down that there's a there's like one little refuse or slice of your life where you can escape and you don't have to be that person you can be someone else you can be anything you want to be and because of that grand ridiculously you know imaginative theme i just it really really um i think i read that like three times before Mm -hmm. i put it down just because it was so there was so many little moments and so many quotable lines from uh from older franklin that i just like i was tweeting them just like little inspirational quotes from this one comic it was incredible and Uh, vampire teachers on motorcycles yeah and those (laughs) those like five or six panels of them going off into all these different worlds and these different scenarios were fantastic. It was like they took one of those like lottery jumble ping pong ball <laughs> machines yeah. and picked out a bunch of crazy ideas and threw them into a panel, and it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So, all right, that was the most satisfied I was this year when I when I read a book. All right, Rob, what about you? A uh, couple of mine were mirrored. Uh, last issue at FF Avenging Spider Man Eleven. Um, then there was the Amazing Spider-Man issue. For some reason, the issue number is not coming into my head. But it was right after uh, Jameson's wife uh, had been killed. It's not a spoiler at this point. It's it's over a year at this point. Uh, but it was right before the funeral, the absolute amazing Marcos Martin issue. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of yeah. with him on the floor, white yeah. cover. Yeah. I'll figure out the number. Mm-hmm. in a bit um that was one of the most emotionally tied you know books it's like when he's seeing me. all the people right that correct yeah just very trippy and yeah. uh so yeah that was great all the things i think all the people that have died because of him mm-hmm. it's that's the book where he just no one no, dies. no one dies uh, yeah, uh, yeah oh okay yeah um saga number one uh probably one of the biggest breath of fresh air moments uh, a new property uh just the realization that of what they could actually do with this book um you know kind of a what if what what worlds are we going to see you know if there's been this many crazy characters already mm-hmm. um what could they come up with so mm-hmm. i i think a lot of the anticipation for that book even though it is absolutely amazing, is what the hell are they going to do next? Right, yeah. So after reading that first issue, it, it's, you know, I'm I'm in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for a last one, I might have to mirror it and and go with that, that Batman 5. Yeah, the Batman 5 is um, good. I looked it off my list only because he wrote it, but, uh, I mean, that issue is jaw-dropping. Uh-huh. You know, the, the, the story, the way the story is laid out, uh-huh. Uh, you know, was that the maze issue? Yeah, that's the yeah, maze yeah. Issue. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just love. First off, I love the like being interactive with with the book. Yeah, um, you know that that's exactly how the Spider Man was. Mm-hmm. There was a moment like that in there. Um, that was the one he signed on my birthday. Yeah, yay! <laughs> so yeah, th- those those are the five like standout moments in my head. 
All right. Can I give an honorable mention shout out real quick? Go ahead. I'm not going to talk about it at length, but the issue, I can't remember the number, but the issue of Morning Glories where Ike and Casey are sitting um, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that whole, the the conversation, the big conversation issue. It's a great issue. That was, that was intense. Yeah. That was intense. That was, that was the the issue that proved to me that you don't have to go anywhere for a book to be good. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Spider-Man issue was 656, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Give a quick thought to reprints because I'm going to come back around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, for me, uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue uh, number six seventy-eight, which is the I Killed Tomorrow. Oh, that was great. oh uh, yeah issue with with the, with the portal. Uh, yeah. I thought was just amazing, funny and emotional and well done. All the stuff that I love about Spider-Man, basically. That's you know, where I jumped on. Yeah, that's where I jumped on too. Yep. Uh, and it's just, it's astounding. Um, oh, I know it's going to be one of yours. So I, uh, I, we talked about Journey Mystery 641. I don't want to tie too much on that, but it, it, it's just this moment where, like you said, this thing happens and I read it at first and it was, it was almost like being burned by something so hot that you don't even feel it at first, you know? It almost yeah. feels cool when you touch it. I read through that part and I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden it just like hit me like a, like a, like a ton of bricks, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, what? No, no. And I'm like going back, you know, in the book and it, it, it's just an amazing moment. Um, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men number 17, which is the uh, the dupe issue. Oh, love it's that. hysterical. Um, that was awesome. It, it, just hilarious, you know, and so out there and, and, and just... Uh, not like the other stuff that was on the stands, you know, and that's main reasons why. And funny enough, when the other ones, Daredevil number 17, that was the one I was thinking of. I knew it, which is the other all red issue, which is the one where Matt gets to see his dad's last, uh, fight uh, for the first time. And, uh, so emotional. And, and, you know, it's, it's right in the middle of this big arc that Wade is doing, but he, in every issue, he takes time to do these moments, and much like number seven, which was the the, the blind children episode, there is so much heart in this book, and it's so emotional. And you know, every moment he's going to the core of Matt Murdock, and like every issue, you know, and he but he does it in different ways every time. And I I don't know how he keeps it up, but that book is just art and story. It's funny because the art is crazy because it's all red art, you know, so it's a little bit silly, but. The the power inside of it is just is great. The funny thing with that and the letter pages, uh, I was talking about this before. Um, fans were absolutely going crazy that they wanted Allred to draw an issue of this book. And if you just kind of go back and read the the letter columns basically you could see how it started see how it escalated and finally they announced it people went nuts he drew that issue totally sold me on it mm-hmm. uh awesome and i think that's what you know ultimately got him the gig with with the ff stuff right uh, so, yeah. i'm so excited about very much so um i got punisher number 16 which is the final issue of the punisher rucka run um yes. which ends with just a beautiful, beautiful uh, moment. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it it's dark and it, it, again, but dark. It, it's dark. You know, <laughs> it's actually dark. It's yes. like it, you know, it's it, nighttime. It's nighttime in a coal mine. Yeah, uh, but it's this you know sadly beautiful and and 
not a redeeming moment for Frank because the book is ve- the book is very clear to you that Frank cannot be redeemed. There's nothing that can redeem Frank at this point. He's gone down this road too long. What he does, you know, is morally questionable at his best and downright wrong, you know, most of the time. And it doesn't it doesn't redeem Frank, but Frank's efforts to redeem someone else you know, and not let someone go down the same road as him. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful moment, and it's a great end to, to that run. And finally, uh, Revival, number one. Ah, uh, yep. It's definitely on my list. Uh, you know, introduces to a whole new world, and a world that I very much want to, you know, keep reading in. A different take on zombies, you know. Uh, you know, it just kind of has so much energy and crackle to it, and uh, it really blew me away when I read it. Um, Did anyone catch a reprint this year that hit them? No, I don't think so. Like something they read from the past? Yeah, or? that came out this year or whatever, because I, I would go with I Kill Giants. Oh, oh well, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to go, we're going to go books that we've read just this year. I mean, yeah. that's my number one yeah. without, I mean, that's without question. Probably my number one followed closely probably by Spider-Man Blue. Yeah, you know, okay, that'd be my number two also. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. Uh, so we, we were talking off mic about favorite, you know, issues ever, and I said favorite moment. I think the last moments of Spider Man Blue are, is my my favorite moment of any book I've ever read. M- it, MJ, tell, tell MJ's Gwen. moment, yeah. Yeah. yeah, MJ's moment. It just kills me. I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm ready to cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's how much that book affected me. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Rob, do you have anything that you reread or read for the first time this year that came out before that especially struck you? I read Death of Spider-Man earlier. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. That was that was intense. Mm-hmm. That was what got me to fall in love with Spider-Man was that. It's a great arc. Yep. Rob is blank. No, I, I really can't can't think of a, a particular like book that I actually picked up. I mean, a couple of novels that I missed out on, but... Mm. In okay. terms, in terms of comics, no. All right, so um, that's it for our listener questions. I want to thank everybody who wrote in. Thank uh, you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to forward you all an email. Ryan Carroll sent us an email talking about our Marvel Now discussion. It's very long, but it's incredibly well written. So I'm I don't, sure it is. Uh, you know, I don't, I can't read it on the air. But I want everybody to know, and I want to thank Ryan for a really, really uh, great email. And I'll forward along to you guys. Nice. Uh, um, I want to address something real quick. Uh, We talked about this off mic, and I hadn't really researched it, so I didn't want to talk about it until now, but um, the same-day digital uh, DC is changing the way that they are uh, doing things. Now, um, I'm looking at a press press release um, from DC um, that their same-day digital stuff um, will begin at 3 a.m. Eastern on Wednesdays at the earliest. So that means... 12 a.m. on the West Coast, and maybe whatever that's going to happen, you know, internationally, yeah. they, whatever. But uh, not sorry, the international people aren't aren't important, but it's hard for them to control, you know, every time zone. Um, so some books will be available uh, 12:01, you know, like on the West Coast. Um, it's they're trying to do parity around all devices, but the problem is with queues and stuff, things will be delayed hours. So, um, Rob, you're a retailer. What do you think about this? Um, see, the, the prior rumors to, to all this was that stuff was going to be released uh, like afternoonish, the the Tuesday of 
of the week. So uh, it's it's refreshing knowing that it's coming out late night. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to affect the actual print mm-hmm. uh, customers because those, those people... They enjoy going to the store. They they want their books in their hand. Uh, in terms of, actually, I think it's probably going to do good. Yeah. Uh, just being across all those devices now, mm-hmm. it'll it'll just bring it to a wider audience, and then people are prone to walk into a shop because of it. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't think it's going to affect stores that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the point to know about this is that while Comixology is available on all these devices already, this is not this is not just Comixology. They're actually going to start selling them through the Amazon store and the Apple store and the Nook store. It's not going to be going to Comixology. Yeah, that's going to hurt Comixology. Yeah, it's going to hurt Comixology yeah. a lot more. It's going to hurt stores, you know. Um, I mean, up until now, it's been kind of nebulous. Like, Marvel's titles would show up, you know, sometime in the morning. They'd show up on Comixology. DC sell these rigid 2 p.m. They're not on comics until 2 p.m. Um, so this is changing that obviously um, to more of a you know it's midnight it's digital you can get it now because it, you know it's it, the day has changed. But at least it's not the Tuesday afternoon, which would yeah. have turned into a real disaster. Yeah, that that wouldn't have been cool. I mean, the only thing I say about that is Rob, and I think this speaks to your point. Um, you know, a lot of people who buy digital comics aren't coming to a comic book store anyway. You know, so it might matter for a small percentage of fringe people who buy some books digitally, buy some books in print, are not sure how they want to do it, you know, whatever is more convenient for them. But I think even if they started selling them earlier than that, do you think it would really affect print sales that much? I know, in terms of me, right. I'm very impulsive. And if there's a story that I wanted that last part to, and I know it's available in some format, I'm I'm gonna run and buy it just so I could read it. Right. You know, I'm I'm not gonna mm-hmm. with no hesitation. Gotcha. Just in my head, that that's how I am. I want to know what's going on. I don't want it spoiled. Um, chances are I still might buy that book anyway. Right. But you never know with some people. Yeah. You know, you want. You want them to buy mm-hmm. the actual book, so you don't want any any chance that they won't buy it. Right. So, yeah, I've, I think it would hurt a bit. Okay, um, I'm just wondering because you know they've started doing this with movies too. Like, if you buy, you could buy like the Amazing Spider-Man on Xbox Live. You know, like two weeks before it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and I never even thought about it, you know, but I just wonder, they say the same thing with Cabin in the Woods, they've done it with a couple movies over the last couple of months, so it seems to be an entertainment-wide initiative, but uh, it's just interesting to hear from your perspective, because I have no idea in, in that way. Um, anybody have anything else they want to say about this? I no. think, Steve, you're pretty impulsive like that, like, you would... Who, me? Yes, <laughs> you. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, like, if you know, let's say, the last issue of FF was was coming out, and right now you could download it and read it. Honestly, mm-hmm. no. Okay, no, not to not to be like no, but um, no. I mean, well, we were when we were talking about it earlier. It was we were under the, the assumption that it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a huge difference. What I mean, if it I, was Tuesday though? Would you? Right, that's what I'm saying. Buy it? No, if it was to well, if it was Tuesday, then I, it would have been a completely different conversation. <laughs> 
Um, well, that, that's what I'm saying. What hypothetically. if? I'm just, I, I'm, I'm one of those people. I mean, you, you know me. I'm there every week. I, uh-huh. I like going to the store. I like having the book in my hands. Um, for me personally, I wouldn't, I, I, it's, it's mainly because I'm not happy with my, uh, portable device. Mm-hmm. I have the galaxy tab, which for some things is fine, but does not function well for comic book reading, especially something like comiXology. Mm-hmm. I've had more problems with skipped pages, zooming. Um, my device just isn't right suited for it. So no, like I would, I would wait the extra couple of hours to pay for it. For me, getting a getting a digital file for money. Um, in some instances, like with Comixology, I don't mind, like the 99-cent comics and stuff like that. I personally don't like the idea of paying 3 to $4 for uh, digital images on my on my laptop or whatever the hell, right. mm-hmm. my tablet. I just It just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, know. the reason you're paying 3 or $4 is because they don't want to completely undercut you know, retailers right. because it's costing them less money to create that digital file than having to print Absolutely. actual paper. I just don't, but, I just don't feel like the file is, I don't well, know. Well, it's not worth anything. Right. At least the comics you buy, while they might not be worth a lot, you mm-hmm. could at least, you know, it's you literally, you don't even paper. It's not even worth paper. You know, it's, well, it's, it's zeros and ones. Well, real quick, I'll give you an example. Every so like there are things that I've been collecting that I've been collecting that I haven't read yet that you know rob and everybody at the store is very good at that if i let's say i read something and i wasn't really too jazzed about it but i have the arc i don't i'm not going to read it again and i don't really need to have it in my collection i can gather it up and i can trade back the arc to him even if i get like three or four new books out of it for the sake of like five ones that Mm -hmm. i didn't really care for there's that opportunity to trade off yeah um i can't do that with a digital file, I can't. We've been through this before. I can't hand it to a friend. I loan out a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends, since we've been doing this, you know, we talk about it a lot. So they've got roped in, but they don't have the the money to expend like I do on all this stuff. So they borrow things. Mm-hmm. I can't give somebody my tablet and be like, "We'll just make sure you bring it back." And, right? No, absolutely you know, not. Hits the bottom, you know, of their car. And yeah. gets stepped on by someone yeah. or something. No, absolutely. I mean. I- uh, the 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 benefit of digital is ease you know it's that you know like i was in dallas you know last wednesday when the books came out and i wanted to have a review written of x-men by at least by wednesday night when i got back or thursday morning and i knew that i couldn't i i wasn't going to get to see rob until at the earliest late wednesday night if not thursday morning and that means that the review wouldn't have been up until thursday afternoon thursday night and i didn't want that to happen you know mm-hmm. so I mean, what I, what I ended up doing was, before I got on the plane to come home from Dallas, I bought the book, read the book on the plane, wrote the review, and then I bought the book from Rob anyway, you know, because I wanted the physical copy of it. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't have done that, you know, I, I couldn't sit at the airport and be like, I want to get this book and just do it if it wasn't for digital. So, mm-hmm. there's pros and cons, but I oh, think yeah. the particular initiative is good because, for me, when I was buying, like, like most Wednesdays I, I work... You know, and so I can't get the comic book store anyway. You know, so if I wanted to, like when Captain Marvel came out, Captain Marvel number one, I bought it twice, but I wanted to be able to get it to review it as soon as it came out. So at two o'clock or whatever, Marvel was earlier. So I think it was like 11 a.m. I downloaded it, read it, and like wrote a review like on the toilet at work, you know, on my iPhone. <laughs> That's uh, you awesome. know, um, 
And that's a good. That's, is that's that a true cool, story? Yeah, it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a cool thing to be able to do, you know, and, and uh, not the toilet thing so much, but be able to get. Yeah. No, the toilet thing is very cool. Yeah, Don't to, make any mistake about that. <laughs> to get the books like that. Um. So it's. But again, there's not the personal touch. Yeah. Of walking in the store, you know, there are lots of books I would never have read if if I hadn't been interacting with Rob in the store, you know. So. It's a really a double-edged sword, you know? Well, it's like Stephanie said, how she's not able to get to a lot of her books because yeah. they're still boxed up. She doesn't know if she's coming or going mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, right now she's in Italy, yeah. so she's all over the place. But um, And that's great for also people that don't live near a regular local shop, mm-hmm. that they've got to travel like 25 minutes into town and they just can't make it that day or it's the weather's shitty yeah. or whatever, that in that respect, it's phenomenal yeah absolutely um but i mean you know there could be a a, a hurricane yuck mm-hmm. yuck and i would still be at the shop yeah that's just me i'm crazy yeah crazy like that all right um, <laughs> bob how much stuff are you gonna download none yeah, absolutely yeah. none we, we didn't have to go there <laughs> yes, we did no i know i'm kidding all right so uh thank you everybody for the questions thank and, you and um let me so what you think of the conversation we just had either the questions the marvel now the dc uh digital um, info at talkingcomicbooks.com or at Talking Comics or even Talking Comic Books. I'm sorry, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. All right, so let's get to what's on the shelves right now. Mm. Uh, from Boom Studios, we have Bravest Warriors number two. Woo-hoo. We have Clive Barker's Hellraiser number 20. We have Grace Randolph's Superbia number one. Mm-hmm. We have Steed and Mrs. Peel number three. Yay. Uh, from Dark Horse Comics, we have BPRD 1948, number two. That's cool. We have Baltimore The Play, one shot. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, number four. Dark Horse Presents, number 18. Edgar Allan Poe's The Conqueror Worm, one shot. Uh, Goon, number 43. Uh, the Marked Man Hardcover, uh, number 13, number zero. Uh, mm. Star Wars Age of the Empire Hard Targets number 205 <laughs> that's it for Dark Horse uh, from DC Comics uh, we have Batwoman number 14 yeah. yes we have Birds of Prey number 14 we have Blue Beetle number 14 Catwoman number 14 Blur. DC Universe Presents number 14 Fables number 123 Green Lantern New Guardians number 14 uh, Hellblazer number 297 Justice League number 14, Legion of Superheroes number 14, Nightwing number 14, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 14, um, Supergirl number 14. Yes. Crossover. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hell on Earth. Mm. Yeah. Hell on Earth. Uh, <laughs> Sword of Sorcery number two. Huzzah. Unwritten number 43, Wonder Woman number 14, and Young mm. Justice number 22. Mm. Um, I wish that book was as good as the TV show. <laughs> Uh, from Dynamite, we have uh, Dark Shadows, number 10. We have George R.R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones, number 11. We have Kevin Smith's The Bionic Man, number 14. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number 3. Blech. Shadow, number 8. <laughs> Spider, number 6. Vampirella, number 24. And Voltron, number 9. I want masks and it's not coming out. Um, now for a while. IDW. We have Adventures of Augusta Wind, number one of five. I want to check mm-hmm. that out. We That's have very cool. Ready for this? Contro Pussy graphic novel. Nice. Yes. Um, Contro Pussy. Contro Pussy. Uh, Sounds like a Bond film. <laughs> Danger Girl, Danger Size, Treasury Edition, number three. Dungeons and Dragons, Forgotten Realms, number five. 
Frankenstein Alive Alive yes. number two. Uh, the Hawken trade paperback. We have Judge Dread number one. Kiss number six. Um, Rocketeer Cargo of Doom number four of Yay. four. Oh, I'm sad though. Uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow number 19. Uh, Star Trek number 15. Transformers. More than meets the eye. That's hey, correct. Ooh. And Transformers. <laughs> Robots in Disguise. disguise. Hey, On the same day. 11, number 11 of both. Um, Crossover. Maybe. From uh, uh, from Image, we have Clone, number one. Yes. yes. Comeback, number one. Darkness, mm-hmm. number 108. Glory, number 30. It Girl in the Atomics, Yay. number four. Mm-hmm. Mind the Gap, number six. Yeah. Uh, the Retrovirus Hardcover. Revival, number five. Yeah. Savage Dragon, number 183. Spawn, number 225. And that is it for Image. Mm. Um by the way, Bob, did you make the farting noise? No, I don't make I farting noise. You? It's make. deserved because I read a couple of those issues in the review copies. They're horrible. <laughs> Which book? Spawn. Spawn. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Marvel Comics, we have Amazing Spider-Man number 698. Yes. Astonishing <laughs> X-Men number 56. Yay. Uh, Avengers number 34, final issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain thank America you, thank you, thank you. number one. Mm-hmm. Buy that book. <laughs> Interested to see what Bob thinks of it, because we've all read it, right? We've all read the early I did yeah. read it, and yeah. I really don't recall what I thought about it, so well, I'm going to have to read it again. But I'm interested to see what Bob thinks of I it. I like it a lot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Captain Marvel number seven, Daredevil Yay. number twenty, Yay. Uh, Dark Avengers number one eighty three, Deadpool Less. number two, Yay. Um, Hawkeye number four, yeah, oh, Hawkeye, yes. finally, Indestructible oh. Hulk number one, Yay. Um, Iron Man number two, Journey Ooh. into Mystery number six forty six, yes, uh, Minimum Carnage Omega number Hooray. one. Um, what else we have here? We have Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 17. Yay! Ultimate Comics X-Men number 18.1. Mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Force number 34. Yes. Wolverine number 316. <laughs> Wolverine and the X-Men number 21. And X-Factor number 247. Yay! Um, from Valiant, we have Harbinger number 6 and Exo Mana War number 7. And from Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales number 79. Grim Fairy Tales presents Bad Girls number four. Grim Fairy Tales presents Godstorm number two. <laughs> and the th- and theater trade paperback. Oh, wow. What? Really? So there you go. That's theater? Theater. It's just that was that one that I was talking about way back when. Theater. The- yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it now, though. No. no. <laughs> uh, we'll chat. So that's yeah. what's on the shelves. Another big week. I have to say, this past week was one of the best weeks since we've been doing this, I feel like. Comic book wise? Yeah, comic book wise. Uh, like quality and quantity of stuff. I think today is going to be... It's pretty big. Quite crazy. But we will have to talk about that next week, since oh. I don't know what the books are going to be like this week. Okay. So we'll have to wait. Um, all right. So uh, I told you our information before. Uh, info at talkcomicbooks.com is the email address. At Talking Comics is the Twitter. And Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. Um, our personal stuff. I'm at Bobby Shortle. Steve. I am at dead underscore anchoress on Bob. Twitter. Yeah. Bob. Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. And Rob. Uh, Twitter at dusk1020, D-U-S-K. 10 and 20. D-U-S-K. Not, 10 and 20. Yeah. 10 yeah. and 20. Dusk, dusk 1020. Yeah. Not, not desk 1020. Desk, like I said couch, that one week. Everything. <laughs> Futon. Futon 1020. 1020. 
It's a very. Uh, it starts out pretty comfortable, it's, but that slowly gets very uncomfortable as it goes along. It's a very inside okay. joke. Yeah. Um, Just dusk. Yeah. One zero two. All right. So that is it for talking comics uh, for this week. For Steve, my muffins. Bob. Ciao. And Rob. Have a good one. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>